Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because it's a second year of our show. We having good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Time for the wraps and the thumbs. I'm Mikey Raider. He's Murph from the Fan Cave. We're doing it big. We're doing it all day. Raid's about to explode on the scene. Hard Knocks HBO. You feel me? We're going to do it big with a lot of drama. Everybody knows because I ain't your mama. I'm Mikey Raider, and I, we're here to say we love you. It's the Raid Away. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Come on, Murph, because it's a what? New Raider talk show we having good times let's go here's mondays with mikey and murph that's right what's up murph welcome to season welcome to season two we have not been canceled youtube has not given us our copyright strikes officially and we are still on the air for a second season and we're doing it big We've been renewed, man. That's pretty awesome. There's a lot of TV shows out there, Mikey, that did not pick up their renewal for season two. That is not the case here on On Air Nation and Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We're back, man. We're back. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. There's going to be a lot of Raider stuff going on this offseason or, or early in the in the preseason. And uh, so it's going to be a good time, man. It'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of a good time, I just got finished with a partial bloody nose. And you know what it was from? Vontez Perfect knocked me the f out. He was like Mikey Raider, boom. Well, so he's in he's in hard knock form already. Well, you've been knocked out by worse, so there you go. That's right. I've been knocked out by life, but I keep get up fighting. Why? 
because I'm a Raider and it's Raider strong hashtag all day. All right. We got a great show coming up. We got a training camp mini preview. We got a hard knock preview. And then Joshua Jacobs responded about the contract rumors to me personally. I think we might have a, a direct line to old JJ on this episode, huh? Mikey Raiders getting some quality fringe in the Twitter verse. Absolutely, man. That's pretty interesting. I can't wait to, that's probably out of all the rundown for tonight. That's the story that I'm looking forward to most. Cause I'm curious to not only hear, uh, your experience, your uh, direct exchanges. Oh, I'm selling the lead here a little bit, but what you, what <laughs> see, I'm curious to hear about the communication. I'll just say that. And I'm curious to hear the feedback, uh, in the chat. I can't read the chat as we're doing the show, but I always love to go back and read the chat. So, so please, uh, send us plenty of feedback during this episode so i can go back and get what your take is on it raider nation there it is so murph quickly tell everybody about your channel in case they just watched this portion of the video and all your links will be down below awesome so yeah i uh i'm uh i have a let me spit it out here i have a podcast network it's been a little while right I have a podcast network called Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. Uh, You can find our show on any podcast service from Google Play to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere where you can listen to a podcast. Uh, You can find our network of shows. Just search Murph's Fan Cave. That includes this show, the audio version of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. That gets our flagship show, which is Raiders Fan Radio that I co-host with my Uncle Mosh. Uh, That gets you the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead, Tom, and Fitz. Uh, That is a fan Raiders fan club show where they uh, talk to different fan clubs around the country of not only other Raider clubs, but of, of uh, competitive uh, teams uh, clubs as well. Uh, and they also go off the rails a little bit. They talk a lot about food and beer and uh, a lot of rock and roll. And so it's a, it's a really, really cool show. And then the fourth show that's on the network now is called tales from the nation. And that is where I do a show with, uh, with my buddy Swag Jeff. Uh, he joins me here in the fan cave uh, every uh, about every two or three weeks. We've been doing it, and we take a significant moment in Raiders history. So uh, the first three episodes we've done has been the Heidi Bowl. We did Derek Carr breaking his leg, and then we did most recently we did uh, three moments from uh, the Super Bowl uh, from the Raiders' third Super Bowl victory: uh, Marcus Allen uh, running with the night, Jack Squirek's interception, and Derek Jensen's block punt for a, a touchdown. We covered those three moments, and it's, I'll tell you, Mikey, uh, I've been doing this podcast thing for a long time, and I got a lot of favorite things to do, including this show, um, but you know, doing something new and fresh like Tales from the Nation has been an absolute blast, and going back and reliving these moments in Raider history has just been awesome, and, and even on a show like where we did where Derek Carr broke his leg, as tough as that was... It was really interesting to go back and kind of relive it and then hear the feedback. Like, it's kind of like the where were you when this happened kind of thing, right? So mm-hmm. it's been a lot, a lot of fun. So definitely uh, uh, support us, Murph's Fan Cave, at, at, at any podcast service. And then you can also find us on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. And I'll just cut you off there because we are running behind today oh, and God. late. But, hey, that's my fault as well. But long story short, we're actually going to get into Tales from the Nation a little bit. Oh. Hopefully we've got time for that. But I want to let everybody know this show gets around 2,000 views, maybe 3,000. If all of you go to Murph's channel and subscribe, he should at least get 2,000 subscribers. So I know some of you guys are fans. So please, whether you hit the like button or the dislike button, comment below, dislike us, hate us, love us, or go and as well go to Murph's channel and subscribe. He should get more subscribers this season. Thank you, Mike. Please for support. All Thanks. right. The, 
Murph, it's time for the headlines, breadlines, deadlines. It's actually a debate segment now, but Murph, Rent is actually at the Pantages Theater this entire week. Nice. Are you going to go? My, I'm trying to win the lottery for $25 tickets because I can't afford <laughs> can't afford, afford like $120 orchestra seats. So I'm trying to win the lottery. It's time for the headline, deadlines, breadlines, deadlines. Murph, I want to go see Rent. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. All right. There we are. This is called the great debate segment. That's what I call it. Uh, so during this debate, we're all going to talk. And if I can get my ding computer noise up in the background, again, this is season two. We're starting off with some problems. Where it's a fresh start on the new season. And, uh, and while you're doing that, I will give you a kudos, Mikey. The new set is fantastic. You did a great job putting this thing together. The show looks fantastic. I appreciate it. I just, where's my music? Where's my music at? There it is. I don't know why it ain't playing. Uh, there we go. We got music in the background. Okay. Uh, all right. I need music in the background. Okay. All right. Long story short, this is called the great debate segment where we talk about four or five topics and we kind of debate or we tell our stories, whether you agree with Murph or me, or I don't care who, but for me, just because on screen, the like button is on my side and the dislike <laughs> buttons on Murph's side. <laughs> Uh, well, know, Mikey, you are the you, master debater, so, you know. If you like Murph and what he has to say about any subject or this entire show, give a dislike down, and then if you like me, give a thumbs up. Either way, I don't care, and I hope you win, Murph. I hope you win. I'm not afraid of dislikes anymore on this channel. I got over it. I don't care anymore. Okay. Because, I like it. That means, they, that means they like you. You get it? Ah, I see. That, I see. That's why I like dislikes now because that means they like you. Oh well, no. Well, man, I don't want to see a bunch of thumbs downs on here, though, man. That doesn't help the no, show, you, does it? You, you don't want to see a bunch of thumbs up. That means I win. Okay. Well, but In I terms want of the great debate. But if you win, then we all win, Mikey. Because here on On Air Nation, the more thumbs ups are better than more thumbs downs. So I don't know. I'm just trying to give fan activity. <laughs> just, comment. Up, just, just comment. Just no, have, but have, the, the likes is good for the algorithm of YouTube. It makes them put my videos in recommended in sports categories. Yeah, so so upvote it with the thumbs up and then give us your vote in the comment section. Mikey or Murph, right? That way we get yeah, both? E even dislikes, YouTube likes it because it means the fans are responding oh, to the content. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, all right. Well, then thumbs down away, folks. Yeah, like I said, if you like Murph and everything he says, thumbs it down. <laughs> You like me, thumbs it up. Okay. I don't care either. All right. Uh, David Escobar, thank you for the donations, and let's get rolling with the so-called great debate. All right. Josh Jacobs holdout is now entering its third day. I'm just I there's no daily time frame for Josh <laughs> Jacobs holdout. <laughs> but let's just quickly read what the possible rumors are or subjections on this. This is all speculation out of the words of some famous Raider reporters and other people like Mike Florio that you don't like, but it's all speculation. It is not gospel and it is not out of the words of Jacob's mouth, his representation or the Raiders. So here we go. According to Victor Fur of the athletic, it's issues with the shining bonus payment schedule that has the two sides unreachable to reach an agreement. And this could continue into training camp. Then also, according to the Athletics Victor, 
negotiations with running back Josh Jacobs have not been going well and a potential training camp holdout looms. Then pro football talks. <laughs> Mike, I know you don't like him, Murph. Pro football talks. Yeah, there's Mike a thumbs Florio. down already just because you're referencing Florio. <laughs> <laughs> pro football talks. Mike Florio um, post, posited, posited, okay, posted the disconnect stems from differences in guaranteed money. Since all the players that were drafted before Jacobs, they received their entire guarantees through all their four years of their rookie deals. Whereas everybody that was drafted after Joshua Jacobs did not get their guaranteed monies. So the 23rd overall pick got all four years guaranteed. And that's what they believe Joshua Jacobs is trying to get at the position of 24 for being a draft pick. But the difference in guaranteed money that he might be losing in non-guarantees is only $300,000, according to the scale. So, Pro Football Talk goes on to say that basically the two sides are fighting over whether the last $300,000 or so of Jacob Showery in 2022 will or will not be fully guaranteed. In the event he becomes a bust and is no longer is playing for the team by then, if that's the holdup, it would make plenty of sense for the Raiders to hurry up and blink. And that may be precisely what Jacob's agent is counting on. So talk about your instant reaction to all this. Well, so the way that I understand it is that this, and I haven't, in the reporting, they haven't used this term, but in past in history, when whether it be related to the Raiders or other players that, that come in, there's really not much negotiation to be had for rookie deals. The way that the new collective bargaining agreement is, it prevents teams from falling into the traps of a Jamarcus Russell, right? Where you give away millions and millions and millions of dollars and then the player doesn't work out and then it ends up uh, hampering your team for the next however many years. In the Raiders case with Jamarcus, it was like five plus years and some could even say that it was longer than that, uh, that it really screwed us up, right? Like it was such a big miss that it just crushes your team. You look at what Sam Bradford did to the Rams. You look at like, like there's a long list of, of players that this happened to. So there's not a lot of negotiation there. The way that I understand it, and again, the term that's not been reported here recently, that is offset language. So I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard that before, Mikey, but that's what's negotiated. Well, in the, the, the gist of it of offset language is this, is that it guarantees the money for the player should they be cut before the, their rookie contract is, is out. So if he's a bust after year two and the Raiders cut him, or if he gets hurt or whatever else and he gets cut, then basically his paychecks go away. So what they negotiate is whether this offset language is in there that's favorable to the player to where whatever happens to him, his contract is fully guaranteed. Now, I'm of the opinion, this is, this is just me here, that when you're talking about the amount of money, and I'm going to be critical of the Raiders, which you know me, I'm not, I'm not a fan of just hollering and, and, and being critical of the team, but I'm going to be critical in this aspect. You're give, you gave out a lot of money this year in free agency. You did a lot to acquire your draft picks. You did a lot to get Josh Jacobs at that position at number 24. And in fact, look at the players that you parted with in order to create the draft picks to be able to do this. 
So let's not get hung up over three grand. Let's not a, a let a dime no, get in the three hundred grand. Three hundred. That's what grand I, that's what I mean. Yeah. So let's not a dime get. Let's not let a dime get in the way of a dollar here. Like you're talking about. Look in the terms of an NFL salary, in terms of team salary, three hundred grand is nothing. Like it's a pittance compared. So if you have enough faith in the man to draft him at number twenty four, then just give him the damn guaranteed money and let's move on with it. Now there is another aspect of this in the way that he is handling it, and I'll wait and reserve my comments after I hear from you first, uh, because I think that's another thing that that's another part of the discussion. But in terms of the dollars. Let's get it done, Raiders. Let's move on from this thing. Let's get it going. You know, and, it, and I don't have any, any, uh, uh, any doubt that it's going to get done. It will get done in time for camp. I don't think he's going to be a holdout or anything. But this, you know, come on, man. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, you were speaking of offset language that, you know, whether he gets cut or he's a bust, whether he gets all that fully guaranteed money or not. But again, the money is called guaranteed for a reason. So even if he gets cut, the money of the contract is guaranteed just minus, apparently, $300,000. So we're not going to talk about that because we don't know if that's a rumor, if that's the truth, and we're going to discuss right. that a little bit more in a second. But I will go into the, do I have an issue with this holdout? Um, in terms of a player's perspective, no. But coming off of Gruden and contract issues last year for this team with Khalil Mack, it looks bad, whether it be for Josh Jacobs on some situational level or the Raiders organization or Gruden. Is Gruden saying, you know what? I don't ever want to be bullied even for 300 grand by agents because Gruden possibly has an, an agent issue in his head from Joel Siegel and all the agents last year. And he's like, what the hell? And maybe Gruden is trying to prove a point to future Raiders where, you know what? This is the contract. This is what it is. We got a rookie scale. Deal with it. And I don't know, but. Do Which I have is a fair point. And I think that's a fair way to look at it as well, where I just came out on the other side of it. Like, look, let's just move on from it. But you're right. If he's, if, if the contention is the principle of it, then I would support Gruden in that. I mean, because again, we don't know, right? Like you said, we don't know what the actual, the actualities of it. Cause we're not there in Alameda, but that's a great point, Mikey. Yeah, I mean, Raiders have been taking advantage ever since Gruden got on the team by agents, players wanting to leave, and all that. And is his agent taking this opportunity or whatever? You know, just to, I mean, is it if it's only three hundred thousand dollars, even his agent, that would be like a commercial deal for Josh Jacobs. That would be like a movie deal for Josh Jacobs or something like that, where it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But again, it's probably not that. So it's just conjecture or rumors. But long story short, I think Gruden and the Raiders before training camp, they're digging their heels in and they're trying to show a little bit of strength. And then that begs me to believe, why does Josh Jacobs have this strength? It's not Josh Jacobs. When we're talking about Josh Jacobs from now on, I want you guys to think of his agent. Yeah. I don't know who it is, yeah. but when I say the word Josh Jacobs, hold out, think of his agent, okay? Out of respect for Josh Jacobs. That's a great long point. Story, Long story short, Josh Jacobs' agent, he's in it to make money, and he wants to get clients. If he could prove that he gets, you know, on top of the rookie scale, this entire guaranteed money, a player got guaranteed money last year as well for a holdout, Roquan Smith. So, you know, the, set, the standard has kind of been set. So this agent wants to prove to the Raiders that he's got the power, 
He wants to prove to future clients that he can get them their money. And then on top of that, why is the agent doing this? Well, because they have the power. Josh Jacobs was told by Gruden when he was drafted by Mayock that they're going to use him in a million different ways. They already got him on the field doing at wide receiver positions. So Josh Jacobs' agent goes, the Raiders need Josh Jacobs so we can prove this point. So the, Josh Jacobs and his agent, they're coming from a power position. But then the Raiders are also trying to keep the power that they kind of lost last year. That's all I'm going to say about that. So I, I don't see here where his, who his agent is, but it's Sports International Group is who he signed with uh, when, when, when he got done with his career at Alabama. His, his agent is Sig. <laughs> there you go, Siggy. But that's a you know that's a great oh, Siggy. That's a great point that you know the um, it is and essentially these guys are lawyers and their job is to maximize the earning potential of their clients. That's their job. Uh, well, just like you would in any settlement or anything else. Like that's that's the, any negotiation. That's their job. So I get it. I mean, I, I get it. And I don't even necessarily begrudge them. We may not like it as fans, but I don't begrudge them. The thing that I want you to to um, to, to to build on a little bit, and, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts after hearing yours. Uh, talk to me about the way that what he is responsible for in this, though. Tell us about what. You know, he's been active on social media. He's not been shy with a lot of his position on this thing. Uh, talk a little about that, because I think that's a little bit different of a dynamic because he is a little bit of a sounding board on his own behalf here. What do you what are your thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. We were going to get into that in a quick second. I just want oh, to say okay. All right. another I hate saying the word rumor or a fear of mine because I have a lot of fears. I mean, some players have proven they don't want to play for the Raiders. And coming from Josh Jacobs' status of being drafted by the Raiders, if he had any reservations, which I don't think he does, but I'm just saying this might be an Eli Manning, Peyton, or I mean Eli Manning, Philip Rivers situation where they were drafted, they didn't really want to play for that team. Maybe they try to get traded. I don't think it's that. So I'm just letting you guys know. I'm just going off. Well, I hope not, and I hope him and Amari Cooper aren't buddies, uh, Alabama buddies here, because if this is the case, we'll never draft another Alabama player. We'll just keep uh, getting them out of Clemson. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, but I, don't I can't think that's imagine the case. that would. I can't imagine that would be the case. But you're right, though. I mean, there's it's there's something thought. there. There's something there. There's something funky about the way this has gone down because of the way that he's. And I know you're talking about it here in a minute, but there, because of the way he's addressed it on social media, something just doesn't sit right with me on this. Yeah, so, like, whether he loves John Gruden or not, I mean, who truly knows what's going on? Because a lot of people, they're afraid of John Gruden or they don't want to play for him or agents or whatever the situation may be. Give me one second. Let me get this video going. Hey, I got graphics galore. I'm trying my best. Trying my best. Good, Mikey. Uh, Yeah, I know. I don't know what that is. All right, long story short, Josh Jacobs uh, took to Twitter and to Instagram you know, when Raider Nation was basically calling him or let's say his agent out and saying, come on, sign already, hashtag sign already. Josh Jacobs went to an insecure place and then he just told everybody, I'm going to block you if you contact me. But in a weird way, he shouldn't be involved. Uh, he should just write everybody, I hope to be on the field as soon as possible. I want to be a part of Raider Nation and all that. You know, he let the 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 fears and the insecurities and the pain get to him. But this is what he wrote on Twitter, which he soon deleted, uh, which blocking everybody at that asked me about a contract. Um, okay. So you don't want to talk about it. Well, why not? 
just say something publicly very easy you know it'll get handled my agent's handling and i can't wait to be a raider exactly then he made this video and this shows more of his personality instead of a tweet and um you know let's just see if i can get this video going i swear on everything everybody that sent me this or comment this or anything getting blocked straight up y'all don't know the logistics that go to anything so don't come at me because it ain't my fault straight up so long story short he said it ain't my fault you guys don't know the logistics about anything and all that but again why address raider nation in a negative fashion when you he feels bad about it he wants to be a raider i'm sure he does he want he wishes it was all done but your agent apparently your agent's doing a good job trying to get you the money but your agent ain't doing a good job in terms of public relations and treating you how to treat a fan base josh jacobs you can't say this you're a public persona we love you you cannot show anger at a fan base that just wants you to be a Raider. So you presented anger to the Raider fan base. So that's why some of us got a little salty at you, bro. And now we're blaming you. Like, does he want to be a Raider? This and that. Because it sounds like you're against the fan base. Your agent needs to do a better job of you handling public relations this early in your career. That's all I'm going to say about that. Murph, address how you feel about this. Shit. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said and i think that's the key my my key takeaway on this thing is that you can't get hooked you, you know if if i could give a, this young man some advice and i know that 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 he's aware of our of your show and and uh and, and your comments on some of this stuff um you can't engage man like you don't you can't you know he put out another series of tweets and one of the last ones that he put out it might have even been today where he said um people just need to mind their own business you know or People need to you know, stay out of my business or something like that. And I'm like, you know what, Josh, dude, you're a public figure now, man. Whether you like it or not, this is the life that comes with the NFL. And you can't, you can't get hooked. You're on the precipice of realizing your dream. You've been playing this game your whole life, and you've had this dream your entire life to play in the NFL. Don't let little petty BS stuff like this get in the way of that. And if this is getting in his head, if this we haven't even started the season yet, and the fans are getting in his head, my advice to him would be put Twitter down, walk away, and go and handle your business and do your thing. And like you just said, let your agent handle it. Let them be the, the, you know, the, the sounding board for it. Let them be the ones to communicate because you can't engage with Raider Nation like this. Look, and I, and I appreciate the accessibility. Like it, I, I appreciate his willingness to engage, but you can't do this, man. You can't do this to yourself because all you're going to do is set a negative precedent. And already what it's done is in terms of a fan uh, report on this, you got some fans that are saying he needs to, to sign. Then you got another group of fans that are saying, leave him alone. And now here it is. Once again, we got another story in Raider nation where we got half the fans against half the fans and we're fighting about it. It's just so stupid. It drives me yeah. nuts. So, you know, Josh, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing the fans any favors. And I promise you, nobody inside the walls of Alameda think you're doing them any favors by communicating this stuff. So my advice to you would be put Twitter away. Just go do what you got to do. Handle your business the way you need to handle it. If you don't want people to, 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 you want people to mind their own, then don't give them any ammunition. Then don't give them any opportunity to respond and engage with you. Just remove yourself from the equation and it will all go away. I promise you. Yeah. So in retrospect, um, I don't like drama, but I posted a tweet uh, about the video that I made a couple of days back about the contract situation. And he actually responded to my tweet. 
And I never thought that would happen in a million years. That means some Raider players are actually tuned into my videos or what's going on. But he just wrote back a simple words of, I don't care. Uh, and then I was just like, what? Don't I didn't say anything bad in the video. I'm, I'm a 100% Josh Jacobs fan. I am still a Josh Jacobs fan. I don't think this is being handled correctly by a lot of people, but I'm still a 100% Josh Jacobs fan. I mean, I love you, Josh. So he actually contacted me through DMs on Twitter, and this is what he wrote, as you can see on screen. He just quickly told me that he feels that all this situation that he most people just don't know, and it's not over what people think. So I'm going to just leave it alone, and I've only talked to them once. I don't know if he's return, referring to Vic Tafur when he said he's only talked to them once per that article, but he said, I'm just going to leave it alone. Well, please do what you say. Just leave it alone. Respect the process, bro. Just tell. And then I wrote him in response. I said, if I can give you any advice, we all love you. We want you to be a Raider. It'll happen. And in the words of the Beatles, let it be, you know, of the famous song. And then he wrote me back and I said, you, we know you're a humble guy, but he, I believe he respects Raider Nation so much, like me and you, Murph, like we, we want everybody to love us. You know what I mean? Like we make videos, everything we say, we want them to love us. And he comes from a homeless, his father, he has all those insecurities and he wants to be loved. And right now, because of the contract holdout, some people are not loving on him, so they're hating on him. So then he retreats to a negative environment like I did last year. So he's a great human. He's humble. He wants to be a Raider. He just doesn't know how to handle this situation because he's never been in it and he's never seen it from Raider Nation. So if I, 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 I offered him advice, I said, let it be. Just tell him publicly that you can't wait to be a Raider. You're going to ball out and you can't wait to get on the field. That's it. That's, That's all it. you need to yep. say. Yep. So, Josh Jacobs, if you watch this by chance, there's no hatred, brother. We love you. It ain't your fault. Get your money. Secure your future any way possible. I am not taking sides, brother. I want you to get your money, but I want you to be a Raider first and foremost, dude. I love you. Well said, Mikey. Thank you, brother. I can't believe they responded to me. Heck, yeah. You must be getting a lot of thumbs up on that because you nailed it right there. I'm not even going to say anything in response because you that's perfect. All right, Murph, it's segment change time, and we got new music that goes with this segment. You can't hear it, but you'll hear it later. Okay. It's hard knocks time. And speaking of hard knocks, do you quickly think the Josh Jacobs situation will actually go into the first? Remember, Murph, we're in our one-year anniversary, and we had the same conversation about Khalil Mack last year at this time. Yep. Do you think the holdout will go into uh, training camp? No, because this is different. This one is different. That you have Khalil Mack was an established stud and seeking that second contract, which is the biggie, as we all know. This is different. There's just not a lot of room to negotiate here. Where when you're talking about signing a guy, what was Mack's final number? I don't even remember now. It's been so many. I remember it's ninety million guaranteed, but you're talking about ninety million guaranteed versus three hundred grand. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a way different dynamic of what's going on. So, uh, if that's what it is, if that is what it if is, if that is what it is, yeah. Which, and again, there's not a lot 
there can't be it's not a very complicated deals the the rookie contracts are the rookie contracts there's not that's a lot what of I mean that's why that's why this holdout feels weird yeah again there, there's a pay scale it seems like it's already done it just it is it's usually just sign on the line I mean that's it and then only that offset language is and even it's not that negotiable there's only like you said a small portion of it so I don't know, man. It is kind of strange. So, no, I don't think that it's going to get done. And here's the thing. You think Josh Jacobs looks – look, and I'm. you said you loved him. I love him too. So, if, Josh, if you catch this, just know this is coming from a place of support and love. We just want you to be a Raider, okay? But if you think that Raider Nation is messing with you a little bit now and that they're, they're getting in your business <laughs> and you're hearing noise now – They kill me. Wait till we get started and wait till you're on Hard Knocks, brother. Oh, my gosh. You think your freaking Twitter feed is is feisty now? You just hold out during hard knocks, man. Dude, don't don't subject yourself to that. Let's 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 all not subject ourselves to this. Raiders and Josh Jacobs and the agent and everybody involved, man. Let's put a pin on this thing and let's move on from it. I'll be honest, I think it will last the first two or three days of training camp. Not much further. The reason why is because the rookies come in on July 23rd. Then that's when maybe if Gruden or whoever's digging their heels in, they're trying to see who blinks. So if he doesn't show up, which he probably won't, then they're immediately going to get on negotiations and it'll be a storyline on hard knocks like it was with the Jets in the first couple episodes with Darrell Revis. Oh, back yeah. In the but, think, but again, though, but that was a big contract. That was different. I was like the Mac contract. That was a big old fat contract that Revis yeah, was trying to Yeah, but Joey fact, Bosa thinking- had the same thing last year with the Chargers. Even though it wasn't on hard knocks, he had the same thing a couple years back with the Chargers where he didn't show up till like, I don't know, 13, 14 days into training camp, and then he missed a couple weeks. Yeah, but I'm just- I mean, it's not uncommon. I mean, it happens in the NFL all the time. The, again, the, to go back to it, though, the thing that's weird about this one is that you're talking about a rookie. You're talking about a rookie with there's not a lot of negotiation room there. So, I don't know, man. That I- was the same thing with Joey Bosa. They still had that rookie scale then with Joey yeah, Bosa. That's so. true. Good point. But long story short. I we'll think see. after he doesn't show up on the 23rd, they want to get him in before the veterans arrive on the 27th. So then all the offset language or the drama or people being insecure, maybe they'll figure it all out. It will not be a Khalil Mack situation. That's all I'm going to say. All right, here we go. Let's get the music in the background. Right. It's hard knocks Raiders time. Uh, it's hard knocks. Let's do a rap. Yo, it's hard knocks. I'm going to try to rap just because it's fun. Do it. Mm. It's hard knocks. I grab around the block, a Mikey Raider. I do the talk show, talk. Everybody knows my game. Merch fan cave, yo, we doing our thing. Yo, we here to let you know the biggest storylines. It's my days with Mikey and Murph all the time. Tune in, tune out, tune in and do the thing. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph, do your thing. It's hard knock Raiders, hard knock Raiders, hard knock, hard knock, hard knock Raiders. What you doing now, we're doing hard knock Raiders. What you gonna do, knock hard freaking Raiders. Let's go. Wow. Let's have the song in the background while we talk Raiders. Good job, Mikey. I think the kids call that a banger. I don't know. I'm just having fun. You did good. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. That's what we got to do. Last year, we had negativity because of my butt. This year, we're going to have positivity (laughs) because of my butt. Let's go. All right. We got the Hard Knock song. All right. Let me turn it down. Let me turn it down. We get in the background. Okay. All right. Is that the Grassy Knoll from JFK? On the uh, picture of Hard Knocks? Back and to the left. Back, back and to the left. And to the left. Back and to the left. Hey, do you believe in the Mandela effect? I don't know what that is. It's, they say there's an effect where 
like things change or people don't recollect it the same way. Like people thought Mandela passed away like in the early 80s, but then it was like in the 2000s or they called Jiffy peanut butter Jiff now and the Berenstain Bears are spelled differently. Look it up. It's a a very interesting. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. It sounds like a reasonable thing that, you know. If I were you, well, I wouldn't get too caught up in it. And not you particularly. The proverbial you. But um bump, we got it for this show. <laughs> Pick up your proverbial you t-shirt from our store. Hey. Soon. Hey. Long story short, but in terms of the JFK assassination, there's now like a third guy sitting in between them. Instead of the the wife and the husband next to each other, there's like a third person in the middle now. When you say there's the wife like and the husband, are you talking about Jackie and JFK? Uh, Jackie. Yeah, in front of them, there's three people. And in the, for a lot of people's recollection, in the we car? remembered only two. Yeah, there's like a third seat in the middle. And there's a third person. So they believe that, you know, the Mandela effect, like our world is changing. But it's not. So, there's not a third person in the Zapruder film. It's just the two of them. No, watch it again. In the front seat, there's like three seats. And there's like three people there. You know who's a huge JFK, not a cons- not not a conspiracy theorist, but just a huge uh, I don't know enthusiast for this story because he used to be a history teacher is Uncle Mosh. Uncle Mosh is all about JFK yes. stuff, man. I'll That's ask him. Uh, we're gonna I do Raiders. We're gonna do Raiders fan radio tomorrow. He'll be here. I'll ask him about that about the third person and the and you know what'll end up happening? We'll end up going on a tangent and doing research on this for like an hour and a half instead of show prepping. And Raiders fan radio will be late. Thanks, Mikey. No word, not it's called the Mandela effect. Again, some people remember it some way, and some people remember it another way. Again, we don't know how he'll remember it, you'll remember it, but it's just interesting. It's called the Mandela effect. It's something fun to get into. Okay, but cool. let's not talk about it. People don't like me and this and that. Let's talk about it. the lighten up. It's July. I know we got nothing to talk about. Uh, this, these stories that we're rehashing, besides the Josh Jacob one, they've been done everywhere. Uh, give me your best storylines. Like, First off, are you excited for Hard Knocks? And then what storylines do you think will arrive and that'll be fun to watch or, you know, your best? Part? What did I write down? I wrote big storylines, who's the breakout star, and who will be the villain of Hard Knocks? Yeah, so as an overall, absolutely, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The more Raiders, the better. Uh, I'm in the bag for anything Oakland Raiders. And so, you know, it, and I love this type of uh, – um, television, like I'm a I'm a big fan of of documentaries, and I'm a big fan of football documentaries, and I love NFL films. I've been an NFL films junkie since I was a kid. I used to record them on VHS and watch them over and over again. And it's not even just the Raiders stuff. Of course, that's my favorite, but I love all of it, man. I love even teams I don't like. I mean, I'll watch. An NFL films thing. I watched the, uh, the the do your job thing with the with the Patriots. Both of them. I watched the uh, the two Bills is a fantastic one. Uh, all the all or nothing series, the one with the the Cardinals and and then the Cowboys. And I mean, I'm I'm just in the bag for all of it. So now that you add the Raiders to the mix, dude, it's like a dream for me. I'm just I'm yes, I can't wait. I'm just excited. I'll end up watching each episode a few times. Like I just I just eat this me stuff too, up, man. Too. It's great. It just <laughs> And how do you not, as a Raider fan, how could you not? And I, I don't, under, there are many things I don't understand about fandom, but fandom is fandom, and it's up to whoever you are to define yours. But I don't understand anybody that would be against this. Like, if you're a Raiders fan, like, why would you not want to know what's going on in meetings? Why would you not want to be in there, you know what I mean, to hear the conversations and to see how things unfold? And, you know, th- there's always been so much speculation around the Raiders because they closed their practices. 
The Raiders don't sure. give a don't award a lot of media access. If you notice Raider Nation, you don't see a bunch of Raiders out there doing interviews. If you listen to to shows like Dan Patrick, you don't ever see a Raider on there. Occasionally you'll see Derek Carr out and about, but that's because the Raiders don't allow it. I know because I've interviewed a handful of Raiders in my podcasting career, and it's like pulling teeth. You can't get access from the team. Like they just, the Raiders don't award it. So to know that that's what we typically get with the Raiders, which is a lack of coverage, to now that we're going to literally have cameras and microphones inside the building in the meeting rooms, heck yeah, man, sign me up. I don't understand why anybody would be against it. So many many Raider Nation have that stupid philosophy. In my opinion, I call it stupid. It's going to cause drama. I mean, they got cameras in their face every day. Gruden is drama. I mean, you know, what's the difference? It's all drama. It's the NFL, man. All these guys have, have like you said, they're, they're, it becomes a, they become accustomed to it. It becomes second nature. You're talking about the most high-profile sport in our country and some of the world-class athletes that are playing the sport, making, uh, making and generating millions and billions of dollars. A show, a TV show, is not going to distract them. And and I'll give the pillaging podcast guys credit for this because I heard it uh, on their show uh, that if 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 we do have players that are di- quote distracted or somehow uh, compromised by the the hard knocks cameras, then they're not the kind of guys you want on the football team to begin with. Like if if your guys if we don't have, if we have a team that can't handle a couple extra microphones and cameras, then what the hell are we doing here? You know what I mean? Storyline. What's going to be your favorite storyline that you're looking out to watch? Your biggest storyline. I'm really excited for Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr's caught a lot of crap this offseason. Derek Carr has caught uh, a lot of crap last season because of uh, really the overall performance of the team, but his performance in some key moments. And he threw some bad picks last year. And look, he's got the numbers, and I think that he's got the overall talent. And I'm a Derek Carr guy. I mean, I am 100% uh, thankful that he is our quarterback, and I think that that as a leader and, and, and as a, as a physically as a football player and a work ethic and all the things that go into it, I think he's the guy. I don't think there's anything uh, you could ask for more from a starting quarterback. But the perception is not good right now. The perception is not. And the Raiders have now taken some major strides to put a, a talent around him because that was the thing we all said last year. Well, he doesn't have the talent that like the Texans do or whatever. Like there are other teams that have so many more players around. So I'm excited for him because this will give him a chance to show himself off. Not that he's that kind of a guy that he's going to, he's not going to use it as a platform to show himself off, but just their presence there will give us an insight into who Derek Carr is as a man, as a leader, and frankly, as a talented football player. So I'm excited for him that it's going to hopefully start to change that perception before we get into the season. Now, they got to win games, and he's got to not throw picks to Marcus Peters, and he's got to, you know what I mean? He's got to not do dumb stuff like that. But I think this will be a good opportunity for Derek Carr. Yeah, my in terms of big people, that's why I call it biggest storylines um, or best storylines is because of their popularity. Again, they don't follow the popular players that much, but it's going to be interesting to watch. One popular person you know they're going to follow constantly is John Gruden. And I just want to see if John Gruden is going to be fake or if he's going to be real. I mean, sometimes you got to admit, people say John Gruden, that's how he is all the time. But he does ham it up for the cameras on occasion as he did last year. And Hugh Jackson... He's the fakest MFer that I've ever seen in my life. So we we all Preach. I've known that on hard knocks. So I want to see how much more if John Gruden's gonna amp it up and be more John Gruden-esque TV personality. We gotta draft Johnny Manziel, you know, or 
is he going to be the hard-nosed Gruden? <clears throat> uh, get off the effing field. Come over here. Or is he just going to say, you know what? After last year, I'm just going to be me and coach. You know, I, I want to see which spectrum Gruden will be on. And it might be a different spectrum every episode. So that's the biggest storyline for me to watch, if you will. Who will be the breakout star for you? Somebody that's kind of unknown that we're going to really enjoy watching. Well, I'm rooting for Ronald Ollie. Uh, so speaking of, like I said, I love football documentaries. And if you don't watch Last Chance You or haven't had a chance to watch it yet on Netflix, watch it. Watch all three seasons of it. It's brilliant television. It's brilliant football television. Uh, and where they go, they, they follow uh, uh, small community colleges uh, in, in rural areas, and they look at uh, basically the way they assemble teams, and they, they provide insight into the players that, that are going to these small community colleges. These are typically guys that have major amounts of talent, but have had different issues with academics or maybe with you know off-the-field things, some personal issues, things like that that they need to overcome. And so this opportunity at the these community colleges gives these guys like a, a jump off point. Well, Ronald Ollie was the star of season one of last chance you, and he's like the most likable teddy bear of a guy. And he fought his way back. I can't remember the, the, the college he went to after last chance you, he was at East Mississippi. And then he went to oh, like, Oh gosh, I forget the name of the school, but it was some small, like Fordham maybe, or I don't remember something like that. He went to some, some, some small school and then, and then here he is. He signs with, how the dare you not know your, your facts, Murph, I know, on a right? podcast where we just talk out of our butt. I know, How right? You I know, I know. Yeah, so I should have covered You are down. the facts man on this show, <laughs> Hey, it'll pop you in. You are the stats guy. I promise at some point it'll pop into my head, and in the middle of one of your rants, I'll just start screaming it. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, but now he's with the Raiders. So he's he's very accustomed to the Hard Knocks environment because it's the very similar kind of kind of show format is what Last Chance You is, is what Hard Knocks is. So and he's like I said, he's just this likable guy. He's kind of silly and he's funny. If you there's on his social media, somebody put up, I think it was Max Crosby, put up a video of him on a roller coaster this offseason. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. Where all I the all the Raiders rookies, I think they were at Magic Mountain. I want to say, and he was getting ready to. Uh, they were oh, all getting on, on the roller coaster. On the roller on the coaster, road. and he scream, <laughs> he's screaming like a freaking four year old. It's hilarious. He's like, did you watch the episode of Meet the Rookies that just came out earlier today? The first episode of Meet the Rookies. The I Raiders did not. Episode? I was doing the day job today and have not done that. So I'll look forward to watching that. But yeah, Ronald Ollie is a character in this one as well. Awesome, so man. Likeable. I'm rooting for him, man. He's he's my guy. I think that he's going to be the one to kind of break out of this thing. All right. Breakout star from this one. If I can go with anybody that, um, you know what, I'm going to go with. I think they're going to follow alongside Hunter Renfro a lot uh, just because, you know, he's the Julian Edelman Patriot type of media personality they would want out of the slot wide receiver in a Gruden system. Uh, I don't know. I think he might be a breakout star, you know, win a good spot on this team and get a little bit of fandom. I mean, we could mention a lot of players, but I'm just going to go with Hunter Renfro um, for now. And then Nichols State. Nicholas State. Nichols. You're looking it up. Nichols, Nichols. State. Yeah, Nichols State. Ronald Ollie. Nichols State. Speaking of Nichols, remember the Little Rascals cartoon where the little girls go, I wish I had a nickel. And if I had a nickel, I got a nickel. They thought they were rich because they had a nickel in the Little Rascals. No, but uh, I did watch Tommy Boy yesterday, and I love the line where he goes, what's your favorite Little Rascal? Is it Spanky? Spanky? <laughs> 
Uh, I'm spanky. I look like spanky grown up. Genius, man. You need to do a Matt Foley. I'll bet you could crush a Matt Foley impersonation. My name is Matt Foley, and I live in a van down by the river. (laughs) No, I actually created a character uh, called um, Jack Foley. You did? I'm the uncle of Matt. I mean, the brother of Jack, Matt Foley, who live in down by the river, and I live on a boat up the stream. <laughs> nice. I love it. Jack Foley, Matt's brother. I yeah. love it. It should have been spat. I don't know. But I did create in my mind a character that lived in a boat up the stream. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was That's hilarious. Good, All right. Uh, I'll start with my villain. I think. Anybody could be the villain. I mean, they can make Gruden the villain. They can make AB the villain sure. with the way they edit it or whatever. But I believe the, the Raiders will have some final edits where they don't want certain stuff getting out. I hope that's the case because if there's any bad stuff, we don't need more negativity. But the villain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say they hone in on either incognito or perfect on one or two occasions because they want them to be the villain. The Raiders technically want them to be the villain. Maybe not like racially or publicly but on the field at least and in persona so maybe the raiders want some of some of that villainry by either perfect or incognito in a fight to air on hard knocks to show the teams that they ain't playing and then the episode will end with a fight with either perfect or incognito and it'll go dun 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 you want to be a raider that's how you get it done you fight and then dun 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 so that's who I think might be the so-called villain, if you will. I like it. My villain, uh, my villain is going to be one of two, and it's either going to be Oakland or it's going to be Las Vegas. I think that because they're either going to they're going to glorify the idea that it's the last season in Oakland, and so Vegas will be the bad guy because they're the ones that are going to uh, be taking the Raiders from the Bay, or uh, the the bad guy is going to be Oakland. And they're going to glorify the new stadium and they'll do these really beautiful flyover shots of the construction and like do like, you know, they'll be following around Mark Davis as he tours through the existing construction. Right. Is like he you, ever in Oakland? Is Mark Davis ever in Oakland again? No, ever? I've, no. He's never been here. No, again he's going to be Oakland. at the penthouse of the Luxor. You know what I mean? Like, but, but you know what I'm saying though? Like picture that, that shot, like that's such a hard knocks thing to see with the, the camera trailing around behind him and Mark Bedane as they tour the existing structure. Like I, you know what I mean? And so I just, I think that they're going to glorify one city or the other. I think that it's just going to, and it may not be like intentionally creating a villain, but just by the nature of it, because one is going to be pitted against the other that you're going to get a good guy and the opposite of a good guy is a bad guy. So I think it's going to be one of those cities. Yeah. I think they're hardly even going to speak about Oakland. I think they're going to show more Vegas and the entertainment value because that's what they're selling. They're not living in the past this year on hard knocks because of the Raiders legacy, they're building on the future. That's there you go. Then, then, then there's Oakland is the bad guy. And by just not featuring it, not talking about it, then what is that? The impression that you're left with, right? So I agree with you. That's, that's a great point, Mikey. Oakland is the most hated city in the world, along with the football team and the fan base. That's all I can say. All right, let's get into our training camp mini preview. We're going to do the best camp battles at the position, and you and I are going to hopefully quickly pick a winner and why. Let's start with the quarterbacks. 
we're not going for starting quarterback. We are going for the backup, if not second string quarterback. Who do you think will win the position battle and why uh, between Mike Glennon, who is labeled technically as the backup right now, and Nathan Peterman, who got a lot of snaps at the last minicamp more than Glennon? What say you on this position battle? For the love of all things holy, let's all pray that freaking Nathan Peterman doesn't sniff anywhere near Rodney Hudson this season. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with Gruden liking Peterman. I I mean, I know he likes big, strong arm guys and Peterman's, but you can be the biggest, strongest arm in the world, but when you throw it to the wrong color Jersey, you're not going to make it in the NFL. So let's just hope that it's Mike Glennon. And here's the thing I think about this. I don't think this is our final three when it comes to the season, because as we all know, there's a lot of movement late when all the teams cut to 53 and you're going to see a lot of names come up and become available. And there are a handful of college guys still there like Brent Stockstill, MTSU represent. Like there are some still some other quarterbacks that have not signed that were undrafted and have not signed places. I got a feeling that the quarterback room is going to round out different than these three guys. It wouldn't surprise me if Glennon hangs on, but I can't believe that Peterman is going to be around. And if he's getting any uh, more snaps than others, because they don't want anybody else twisting an ankle or something in a mini camp. Like I, I just got to think that that's what's going on. All right. If I can quickly give my crazy theory on this position battle, I think Mike Glennon will lose the job to Nathan Peterman. Why am I saying that? Not because of their skill set, only because Mike Glennon is the bigger and better veteran. And if he's kept into 2020 and he plays good in camp and in the preseason, he will require a few more million dollars in 2020, as which Nathan Peterman will just be happy to have an effing job. And then on top of that, if they don't, if they keep Glennon and he looks good in the preseason, then in 2020, the Raiders cannot have an excuse to draft another quarterback if they want to for fun. Not against Derek Carr, but in general. If they have Nathan Peterman behind Derek Carr this entire season, they could say, oh, well, we're really not sold on Peterman, so we're still going to look after another quarterback in 2020 to fill out the room. So that would be an excuse to draft a quarterback in 2020. So I believe Nathan Peterman gets the second spot by de facto 2020 draft status. Bam! Let's go to the offensive line. I don't think there's really a positional need. We could talk about Trent Brown and and, um, sorry, Colton Miller till the cows come home. Let's just call the battle with Richie Incognito and Denzel Good and anybody else at that left guard position. Do you think Incognito's there just for toughness, will be cut before training camp, or is he there for good, and will he win the starting position? I think yes to all of that. I think that he's absolutely there uh, as a a guy that's going to set the tone uh, for some of the younger players, Uh, teach them what it is to be scrappy, teach them what it is to defend your quarterback. Uh, You know what I mean? If anybody gets in Derek Carr's face at all in in the preseason or scrimmages or anything else, I promise you Richie Incognito will be the first one grabbing a face full of someone else's or a handful of someone else's face mask. perfect on a blitz. (laughs) Da-da-da! Da-da-da! But you know, so I just you know he's going to be that that guy. So I don't know, but it does will he work out? I don't know. I mean, 
it's not unheard of for those interior linemen to to have pretty lengthy careers. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's definitely gonna gonna be gonna be going to be curious. The I think the the biggest uncertainty to me is where's Brandon Parker fit into it. Do they? turn him into a guard do they go all robert gallery with them and take somebody that was you know questionable a tackle and then turn him into a pretty good guard i, I don't know i don't know well i don't know enough about his skill set and i don't break down film enough to know uh whether he's got the movement or the the capabilities to do that but that's that to me i think is a question mark it's probably the biggest question mark of all on the offensive line because you're talking about a pretty significant positional change yeah um i agree i think Rin, richie incognito was a good pickup Maybe not publicly, maybe not media-wise for whatever contention or dissension that's there, but I think he will be. And I think he wants to really prove himself in the NFL again. I think he'll have a great year, and he's a better player than Denzel Good and Brandon Parker. Quickly, if you could answer this question, I, I've gotten it a lot lately and I haven't responded. Uh, do you think it was a good move to have Colton Miller at left and Trent Brown on the right side? And how long before... Trent Brown technically takes over the left tackle position from Colton Miller. Some people have asked me. Yeah, I hope he doesn't because if if he doesn't take over left tackle, it means that Colton Miller's playing pretty darn good, right? So, I mean, they drafted him to be a left tackle, and that's the position that he's playing, and Trent Brown's versatile enough to play on the on the right side. And, you know, the, the days of the, of the left tackle being your pass blocker and the right tackle being your run guy, those days are kind of over, man. All you got to do is watch us play the freaking Broncos and look what they do with Von Miller and Chubb. They and line them up all everywhere. All over the damn place, man. So those days are kind of over. So you need really two solid pass protectors, considering that, you know, that's just the, not only is that the way the defenses are nowadays, but this is a pass-driven league. I mean, their guy, you know, Derek Carr is going to attempt a lot of passes this year. And so we got to keep them clean, man. So I, I don't, to me, I don't get caught up on that. I don't get too caught up into, I just want the best guys at the, at the positions. And if anybody that's thinking it's some kind of a waste or anything to have Trent Brown at right tackle, then I think you're mistaken because you're not taking into account the amount of complex defenses and the way that they're going to be getting pressure off of that side. We're going to play the freaking bears, man. We're going to play the bears. You remember what Khalil Mack used to do when he was a Raider? play all over the damn place well guess what he's going to do as a bear play all over the damn place so if he's got I, we want him if he's going to go to the right side yes give us that big massive man trent brown over there to block him here's a good thing about that statement i don't think it'll ever happen but that's good about trent brown he could play left or right and let's say we play the bears and they want to stop khalil mack and then all of a sudden they line up khalil mack on the left side and colton miller's been struggling all of a sudden uh, Brandon Parker comes in at right guard because he has a little bit of experience there. And then they put Trent Brown for one or two plays at left tackle to handle Khalil Mack. I'm not saying it'll happen, but at least we have that versatility. So I'm not going to worry about it. Let's go into the running back battle. Um, and I wrote on screen, who gets cut? Because I believe the three positions are filled in terms of Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, and Doug Martin on the team. But mm. if Josh Jacobs doesn't show off, none of these players get cut. But who gets cut from Chris Warren the third or DeAndre Washington? Who wins and why? I think DeAndre, unfortunately, he's the uh, the new version of Justin Fargus to me. He runs <laughs> yeah. so hard, and and I love his heart, and I love his his dedication to the team. But he runs hundred miles an hour into a into the line of scrimmage and doesn't really come out the other side. You know what I mean? Like that's just like Justin Fargus reminds me of. And so I think, unfortunately, that it's going to be DeAndre. I'm not totally on with you on 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 Martin. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. Um, and I love Chris Warren Jr., the third. He's amazing. But I think DeAndre's, unfortunately, out of these two guys, he's the man out. But you think Doug Martin at least makes the team that he won't be like second string or whatever you want to call it? 
don't think so, man. I don't think so. You I, think he makes the team? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I don't think he's going to make the team. No, I think that So then DeAndre Washington would make it. No, because you got Keith Smith you got to account for. You got four running backs, right? They normally keep five and, like, one's a fullback that I, from my recollection. So, again, you would have Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, and then if you say Doug Martin is cut, that's still only two. Then you'd have Washington and Warren and then a fullback. That's five. And then but that's if you five. think they're only going to keep four, you know, I think they're going to keep a four and a fullback. That's a good point, Mikey. I guess, you know, I guess there is room in there. If, but So then I guess maybe then the, it would put, I would take Warren off of here and I'd put Doug Martin there. Because then that's really where the cut's going to be. It's uh, either going to be Doug Martin or it's going to be DeAndre Washington, right? That, I think, is more the battle. I, I think Chris Warren's going to make the team. I don't think he's, you know, of course, everybody's in danger of losing their job. But I think he's got a pretty good lock on it, man. You know, wow, I think he's so going to be. I think he's going to be our new Zach Crockett. I really do, man. I think he's going to be the new guy. You know, Josh Jacobs is going to be our guy between the twenties, and then when you get down there low, you give it to Chris Warren. He punches it in, man. I think that's what that's kind of how kind of how they're going to be built. Correct. The new Napoleon Callum in Gruden system. As yeah, well. or the, you're Wheatley and Crockett, man. You know, I I think that's the way it's going to go. All right, position battle cornerbacks. Um, I personally, I'm not even going to talk about it much because let's just call it three cornerbacks. I think it's locked up. I think it's Gary on Connolly, Daryl Worley, and Trayvon Mullen. Uh, the competitions between Worley and, and Mullen going in on the left side every once in a while, but I think it's locked up. Any thoughts on the cornerback situation? I agree with those three names, and I think that at times when there's a fourth corner on the field, it's going to be LaMarcus Joyner. I think he's going to be yeah. the one to come down and cover, and then you still got those three guys. So even when you're in four wide sets, I mean, that's kind of how it's going to, going to work out, I feel like, so. All right, let's go to the slot wide receiver battle. Uh, there's no other battle that we know about. Uh, will it be Ryan Grant, whoever you place in the slot of all these people, who do you think wins the de facto, even though they're going to use different ones at times, the de facto wide receiver, whether it be J.J. Nelson, Ryan Grant, or Hunter Renfro, or anybody else that's available? I think it starts J.J. Nelson. I think that you signed that guy to be a starter. Uh, plus, with that speed, man, out of the slots position, you can you can do a lot there. Uh, speaking of versatility, right? So um, he doesn't have any route running skills, though. He just that's goes. The thing. He's like a Randy Moss. He just goes quick in one direction. That's the thing. So I think that it's at when Renfro is going to work himself into that job. So I think my answer is a hybrid. I think that it starts off JJ Nelson, and and you know you look at the depth chart. That's who he's penciled in there now, but which doesn't mean anything. But I think that he's the guy early on then Renfro eventually wins the job. And, uh, you know, and the other thing, too, because J.J. Nelson's on a one-year deal. He's gone kind of like a one-year prove-it deal for like a million bucks. Like, so it's, he's not that expensive. You know what I mean? So I don't, and, and they don't really have like a large commitment to him where you got at a minimum a four-year commitment to Hunter Renfro, right? So I think he's the, they, they drafted him to develop him and to get him involved. So it will just be a matter of how long that takes. And I would assume it's not going to take much longer than half the season before eventually he works his way into that, into that role. I mean, he, you know, I, I, he's going to be our, our Wes Welker, right? Like, I mean, that's what everybody, you know, wants him to, to be. And I think, or even like a, uh, you know, like a Doug Baldwin or something. Like, I think that's kind of where we're going with him. So, so we'll see. So that, that's what I'm rooting for. So I think ultimately he wins it out. Yeah. I made a weird, bold prediction that Gucci Harris gets cut, even though he signed a new contract just last year for like almost $2.2 million, the special teams wide receiver. I don't know. I made a bold prediction that he gets cut because I just think it might cost too much money 
you know, in another season. But again, why would they sign him? Hey, it's like the New York Giants. We didn't sign him to trade him or cut him. We didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him or cut him. You're a moron general manager. I think Hunter, I think Hunter Renfro starts day one at the slot over anybody else. Uh, tight end position battle. Who is the number one, even though it's a two tight end system, who will be the pass black blacking blocking the pass blocking tight end in your opinion and the wide receiver catching tight end or will there be one in the shame as a number one you can go a lot of different ways with this yeah right. this is this one's way up in the air i think out of all the positions there's a lot of uh, options and a lot of uh story to be told here when we get into to camp um you know, somebody like Paul Butler, who's like on the very bottom end of the of the depth chart, like he's even got some skills, man. That guy can can run. Um, he can lift tires. He can lift he can tires. lift tires, right? But he's got some moves to him, man. So uh, Luke Wilson is is very serviceable. I, I, I think like I do too, and I think he's he's going to be your if anybody's a blocking guy. Excuse me. I, I think he's going to be more of it than anyone. Derek Carrier, I think, is, you know, he's got a great skill set and probably serves more on special teams than he does in, in terms of actual, uh, you know, uh, normal downs. Um, but the guy that I'm rooting for is Darren Waller, man. I, I, I think that he's got the skill set to be a very right. dynamic pass catcher and playmaker. He made a couple plays last year, man, that were, that were so awesome. Uh, you know, when he's fast, I mean, the guys, what is this runs like a four, four something. I mean, he's, he's way fast. He's very big. Um, he's got great hands for, by all accounts. Like he's the guy that I think is poised to break out. I then I think this is going to be one of those position battles. You're going to see way covered by hard knocks because you got veteran guys like carrier and Wilson. Right. And then you got the, the, the younger Gosh, guys, bro. Yeah, Foster Moreau, right? So it's going to be very interesting. He's bulked up a lot, too. I met Foster Moreau at the Senior Bowl this year. Really nice kid, and, uh, and, he, and he's really bulked up a lot. And, uh, and his stature, from what I can see, like just watching their videos, much different than when I saw him in real life. Because when I saw him in real life, I'm like, he's like my size. He's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, 6'4", 225. I'm like, this guy's like not that much bigger than I am. But now he's like... 250 or something like that. Like he's big. Like he put on a lot of weight, man, in, in this offseason. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he evolves and, and watching his career unfold. But I'm, but my guy, the one I'm, 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 I'm um, put my claim on as a fan this year is Darren Waller. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to be a great fantasy player. Like I'm excited about watching him. Yeah. One interesting stat that I presented on my new show a couple episodes back was how many times Jared Cook was targeted and what percentage of the balls that he caught from Derek Carr when he was targeted and thrown to, and it was something like 22 or 23% of the time the ball was thrown to a tight end. Well, that's because we didn't really have a slot wide receiver, you know, in the old veteran that we had on our team that was fighting with, that didn't want to be a Raider basically with Gruden or whoever. So Derek Carr had to build upon the chemistry and use Jared Cook as a slot wide receiver, even though technically he was yes. a damn tight end. Yes. So where does that production from Jared Cook go? Is it completely lost? No. That's why they brought in basically four slot wide receivers because they're trying to find that de facto slot wide receiver to take the pressure away from the tight end position. So they don't expect Foster Moreau, Lucas Wilson to be as much as Jared Cook was to the Raiders, and they don't have to be. So I am not worried about that. They want the slot wide receivers to take up some of that percentage 
of the catches. So I don't really care who blocks, who catches. I think they can all get it done. But I technically am rooting for Luke Wilson because I remember a bunch of plays from Russell Wilson with the Seahawks to Luke Wilson out of the backfield. Because I was watching the playoffs, and that's when it happened. So he had playoff experience. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the starting tight end for the Raiders is on this roster now that'll be the starting tight end at the end of the season. I think a free agent, a veteran, something will happen, and Gruden will pick one of them up during the season somewhere. Very interesting. I like your take about the slot receiver production, having it shift over to that. I think that's a very key point. I think you're, you're dead on with that assessment. And uh, Before we move on from it, I don't want to rob Foster Moreau of two inches. He's 6'6", 256. He's a large man. I must have been standing on a step when I shook his hand. Man. <laughs> I felt like I looked him in the eye, but no, he's two inches taller than I am. He's a big man. What movie is this from, Murph? Man. Uh, you a large dude. Oh, is that like uh, Remember the Titans or something? No, it's DC Cab. Oh. 1980s DC Cab. I think I missed Is that the one with Mr. T? Yes, where all their cab drivers, and they go on an adventure to find a violin with like $10,000 in it to save the cab company. And, and there's this guy, he sees a big dude, and he runs into him, and he goes, man. He hadn't even looked at it. He goes, man. Then he looks, you a big dude. <laughs> I don't know. I love that movie. I watched it the other day. All right, let's move on. All right, let's, again, try to quickly answer them. I know okay, I talk I'll go fast. Me. I'll go for a rapid fire round. So we'll both answer them as quick as possible. Um, so answer these questions. Did the team do an, enough regarding the Pash rush situation this offseason? Yes. Now that whether I think they did, I think that they put some, here's what I think. I think they're banking on the development of players that are already in house. I think they're banking on the, the growth of Maurice Hurst. I think they're banking on uh, Arden key, taking the next step. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, it just fits into that, 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 that as a piece of that puzzle. So I think that the Raiders had already done things leading towards this. So yes, the answer to that question, I, I think so. And the thing that I love about it too, is that they're all young. Like, I love the fact that they're all young. There's a lot of room still here for these guys to grow. So, and I think we're going to finally start seeing it come together this year. Yeah, I don't personally think they did enough. I just think that's a position of need, and you don't want to be too young at that position, especially coming off of last year. And the coaches that are fighting for their jobs, uh, I don't think you want to be too young at that position because it, it might not blossom for three or four years. But we do look good, and we do have upside, but I don't think they did enough. There's veterans that could have came in and you know, just gave us a little bit more. I don't think they did enough. How good can Derek Carr actually be? I think he can be the MVP of the league. He was on pace for that, uh, at least in the in the serious conversation on the short list in 2016. He's proved it that he can do it before, and, and I have all the faith in him in the world that he can do it again. Antonio Brown's going to catch 20 touchdown passes this year. That's you know what I mean. That's more than Derek Carr threw all last year. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's one guy. You know what I mean? When you look at Antonio Brown's productivity, I mean, there's no way that Derek Carr cannot be more productive than he was last year. And his numbers were already pretty good last year. So now you add in some wins, and next thing you know, you got an MVP candidate. So I, I think he can be great. Derek Carr can be as good 
as the 2016 Derek Carr. Again, because he's already done it once, and you would say by the law of averages, if you've done something once, you can do it again. So I think he can be as good as he was in 2016. I don't know how much better. I don't know how much worse. But he can be that good because he has proven it. But again, all the other pieces have to come together as well. Since 2014, uh, Antonio Brown has only had one season where he didn't catch uh, 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 over uh, double-digit uh, touchdowns, and that was in 2017. He caught nine, but he, but the other years, 13, 10, 12, and 15. So I over I, I kind of oversold a little bit saying 20, but still, Derek Carr threw 19 touchdowns last year. So last if year. you know what I mean, like if Antonio Brown by himself is going to get half of those. 15, Just, at least 15. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm saying on a on a yeah. on a on a normal year, he'll catch 10 to 12 touchdowns on just like a regular year. If he breaks out and has a great year, you know what I'm saying? Like this is it's it's not like a big stretch. And then you got Tyrell Williams added into the mix. Holy cow, man! I'm telling you, Derek Carr is going to put up some fat numbers this year. Can Tom Cable coach this talented offensive line? Tom Cable's weird, man. I, you know, I, none of us are really that sold on him because of the struggles that the offensive line has had, uh, and then especially even going back to when his time in Seattle, like they 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 struggled. So I don't know, man. Um, you know, what, what what's the question? Can he can he coach him? Yeah, to what level of success? I don't know. I mean, to me, this has got to be a make it or break it for Tom Cable. I mean, it's got to be. Right, if the off with with the amount of investment that they've put in the offensive line, if they don't perform significantly better than they did last year, I don't mean a little bit better. I mean significantly better than they did last year. Then it's a failure on his part. Yeah, I mean, can he coach the team? Of course, he can coach it. He's going to. Can he coach it well? Like we just spoke about. Of course, we don't know. Long story short, though, Tom Cable, his teams traditionally do not fare well in the last what eight to ten years, and then that's why Russell Wilson is a running quarterback, if you will, because he's running for his life and he's making plays happen. Derek Carr is not really a Russell Wilson type. Derek Carr can get it done on occasion, but he's not made that way. So I fear for Tom Cable's offensive lines to be exactly like they were in previous seasons with Derek Carr, who's not a Russell Wilson type quarterback officially. So I don't know what he's going to do, but... The offensive line is bulking up, which means they want to be more stand pat instead of running around in zone and all that other stuff because they are clearly in the three, 280, 300 range, whatever. So they're definitely bulking up so they can stand pat and, and hopefully build a circle for Derek Carr, blah, 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 whatever. Will the secondary take another step forward? All right, you ready for my bold prediction? I know that we're doing bold it. predictions in this segment. So here you go, Raider Nation. Here's my bold prediction. I think we are on the precipice of the next version of the Legion of Boom, or better yet, the Soul Patrol. I wow. think that, and, and the Soul Patrol, when you look back, and it was Atkinson and Tatum and and uh, and, and, and Doctor Death, right? It, and then even past that, and you get into Hayes and Haynes, and you look at the legendary. Raiders secondaries, but in most recent history, we had the Legion of Boom, right? You had you have Camp Chancellor and Earl Thomas back there, and then you had Richard Sherman on one side, and it was what Brandon Browner, I think, was the first one on the other side. But point being, though, is that you had big guys that could cover and they could all hit. And when you look at the Raiders, despite that Joiner is a little undersized, and so is Carl Joseph, but those guys can bring it, and those guys, for even being a little bit more uh, smaller in stature, uh, they can cover. 
And then you look at Mullen is big, Conley's big, right? And then you got uh, big Jonathan Abram back there playing safety. I think he's the next Cam Chancellor. I think he's going to be a big ass safety standing back there, ready to light fools up. He can play down close to the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to be the breakout star of our draft. I am just, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Abram. I can't wait to watch this guy play. And I think that for the first time in a very, very long time, the Raiders are going to, going to return to their legacy of having great secondaries. Like I said, going back to the seventies and the eighties, when you look at the way that when, if you watch the, the Raiders Super Bowl against the, the Redskins, the Redskins were the highest scoring team uh, in the league that year. And the Raiders shut them down. They scored nine points in that game and didn't get a first down in the first half, I don't think. Like, when you look at the way, they completely took away everything that that team did well. I think there's the potential. Again, it's bold prediction. So, you know, I'm going out on a limb here. I think there's an opportunity that these guys are going to be that freaking good. They're going to take away what teams do best. And you just wait till Jonathan Abram blows up Travis Kelsey that first time, that second week, man, week two. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be so fired up. Mike, I'm drooling, I'm spitting right now. It's going to be so awesome, dude. I think that we're going to be great. I'm so fired up for the secondary. Not only do I think they take another step, I take, I think they're going to take a leap. I think we're going to go, they're going to go next level. This is one giant leap for the Raiders. And another giant leap for the secondary. I have to wipe um, my screen off here. I've been spitting on it. Will the secondary take another step forward? Kind of a weird question. I didn't write them. I'm just rehashing their material. But of course, they're going to, they've already have by picking up LaMarcus Joyner and drafting Trayvon Mullen. And it doesn't matter. They've already taken a step forward. And anytime you release Reggie Nelson, according to Raider Nation, that's a step forward as well. (laughs) So Reggie Nelson has been released. All right, who will be the Raiders' feature running back? I'm going to – we all know it should be Josh Jacobs. I'm going to say week one. (laughs) I'm going to add week one to that. Who will be the Raiders' feature running back week one? Interesting. I like it. Uh, No, yeah, it's Josh Jacobs. But I do think that there's – that Chris Warren will play a role. I think he'll – and you know – I won't rehash all my comments from earlier, but I think it's going to be very much. We're going to have a, uh, a, you know, a couple guys here that are handcuffed and that one of them is going to do a majority of the, of the, of the carries. And then the other guy is going to be your, your power back. I think, uh, I think Doug Martin will be the running back on the first play of Monday night football in week one out of Gruden teaching Jacob. Ah. A lesson. There you go. I dig Woo! it. I, even though it's not Jacob, it's his agent. All right. Long story short, what uh, what are we into? We are into segment uh, number oh, three. Yeah. Questions, questions, like quick answers. Okay. Will Will Khalil Mack be held without a shack in that um, London game? God, I hope so. Yes. Yes, he'll be held without a shack. The Raiders and Gruden will do everything they can <laughs> to stop him that yeah. week. Guaranteed, because Gruden is pissed at Mac and his agent. He will yeah. not let him have a big game. Maybe some other players will have a big yeah, game, yeah, yeah. but it won't be Khalil Mack. <laughs> uh, do the Raiders leapfrog the Broncos in terms of schedule or wins in the AFC West? Absolutely. 100% I agree. Maurice Hurst, will he be selected to the Pro Bowl? Absolutely. I say I think he's going to get 10 shacks, eight to 10 shacks. So I do too. And from an interior yes. position, heck yeah, that makes the pro bowl. All right. I might be saying it. I might've answered it wrong in the other video. You guys can yell at me later. Uh, You're allowed I'm to change your mind, Mikey. You're allowed to change. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I can't even remember, you know, what breath I took two minutes ago. 
<laughs> whether a left nostril or a right nostril. Like that's how I breathe. It changes every time. Josh, does Josh Jacobs win Offensive Rookie of the Year? <sighs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to say no because there probably are some AFC West quarterbacks that might play that are rookies like Arizona Cardinals, and he may do good, and they love to give the award to quarterbacks. So oh, you no. know what? That's a good point. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, does Derek Carth? Throw for 40 touchdowns or more? No, but he's not going to miss it by much. I'm thinking he's like 35 touchdowns. I'm thinking, you know, somewhere mid-30s, I would say, is a reasonable number. Yeah, I'm thinking 35, and I'm hoping for 38. Uh, you know, if he, gets, if, he gets, if he gets 10 from Antonio Brown, he's going to get a couple from Josh Jacobs on, on, on little swing passes that they get loose, right? Like you think of it in those terms, he's going to get a couple bombs to, to, to Metcalf, or not Metcalf, to Tyrell Williams and, uh, and, and J.J. Jacob Nelson. You know what I mean? He'll get a couple of red zone touches from the tight ends. Like, you know, you start thinking about all the opportunities that are going to be there because those guys are going to get their numbers. So, yeah, I think that 30-plus is, is very doable. I'll take that. Uh, does Jonathan Abram lead the Raiders in interceptions? No, that's not that's not his job. I think the one that's going to lead our team in interceptions is Daryl Worley. I think that Conley is going to be locked down enough to where people are not going to want to throw to him very much. Like, I'm not calling him Namdi Asamoah, but the dynamic is the same, is that eventually you become good enough, people stop wanting to target you, and they're going to be picking on Daryl Worley, and I think Daryl Worley is up for the, up for the task. I think he's going to lead the team. Yeah, I don't think Abram leads the Raiders in interceptions. If I can give it to anybody, I'm going to say LaMarcus Joyner. He won it with the Rams. That's true. That's a good um, one. In terms of the league for a couple of seasons back in the day, so he has that opportunity as a third cornerback, if you will. So I'm going to give it to maybe LaMarcus Joyner, the veteran, $10 million a year. Cleveland Does Cleveland Farrell reach double-digit sacks? Uh, little baby Cleland is my uh, counterpart. Aaron, the Q dog Raider calls him. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't, but I don't think that's due to lack of production. If you equate production entirely to numbers, then you could call it a uh, underperforming. But I, I think that he is going to be versatile enough and he's going to occupy enough attention to where he's going to suck up blocks. And by sucking up those blocks, guys like Maurice Hurst, guys like Arden Key, those are the ones that the guys that start racking up the numbers. Yeah, I don't think he has double-digit shacks either. Khalil Mack, in his first year, took until like week 11. Oh, what do you have, in four? In his first year. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, he took till week 11 to get his first shacks yeah. versus the Chargers, and I went into that game. Wish nice. But, hey, is that something to hang your hat on now that he's no longer a Raider? I don't even know. Hey, he was uh, at the time. We'll, we'll embrace the moment. I think Cleveland Farrell gets between six and eight. And then I gave him a nickname. Do you think his nickname should be Cleveland if I'm saying it right, or Cleland, fear all feral. <laughs> fear all feral. We are doing a nickname contest on Raiders fan radio. You can win one of these t-shirts. He's get made t-shirts. We're going to give one away. So, we, but you're not eligible, Mikey, but if anybody wants to steal that and submit it, I won already. I, you get, I got a shirt <laughs> yeah. because you knew I was going to call him fear all. And I won. There you go. I do like fear all, but, but I also like little baby Cleland or Cleland. So, uh, so we'll have go with little baby Cleland fear all. I like that. Klept, klept palette, Clellan. Oh my God. That's wrong, Mikey Raider. It's wrong. It's wrong. Klept palette, 
Mikey, Mikey, oh my Mikey. god, we're we're messed up. Does Antonio Brown reach fifteen hundred yards receiving? Antonio Brown had fourteen ninety nine in twenty thirteen. He had sixteen hundred in twenty fourteen, eighteen hundred in twenty fifteen, uh, fifteen hundred in twenty seventeen. Last year, just shy at thirteen hundred. I think. Oh man, that's a tough one. I think he's gonna like Derek Carr. I think he's gonna miss it, but he's not gonna miss it by much. I got a feeling like he's gonna be thirteen, fourteen hundred yards. In the words of Prince, we gonna party like it's fourteen ninety nine. I don't think he gets fifteen hundred yards. He might have close to twelve to thirteen hundred at most. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Sorry, clicked on the wrong button. Uh, does Vontez Burfick return to Pro Bowl form as he did with Gunther for a couple of seasons back in the day? If the, the the Bengals. If the assumption is that he's on the field with any regularity, yes. If you're not on the field. If you've been, you know, suspended for whatever reason, you're not going to make the Pro Bowl. So, assuming he's he's you know behaves himself and he's on the field for all 16 games, sure, absolutely. Yep, I believe so too. Uh, they talked a lot about him in camp. He took all the first team, whatever middle linebacker, quarterback of the defense reps, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Brandon Marshall hasn't even stepped on the field yet from the Broncos. Uh, and I don't know what's going on there. So Vontez Burfick returns to Pro Bowl form, but that would assume that he makes the Pro Bowl. But I don't know. Uh, are the Raiders going to be in playoff contention in December? I'm going to give you a really stupid answer. I hate it when I ask people questions on our show. Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm stupid. I ask. I hate it when I ask people questions. I'm. It's like a this or that question where it's like you like the Beatles or the Stones. You like Elvis or Frank's not like. If you got to pick someone, if I'm giving you thing and I'm saying pick one of these, and then you give me one of those answers, and it's like, well, I like them both. Well, you can't for the purposes of the question. You got to answer one. You got to pick one, and it's hard because it means you got to leave someone out. All right, I hate it when people do that. So I'm gonna do it. Um, I, <laughs> the answer to the question is that are they going to be in playoff contention in, September, in December? I said after the end of last year, from now on, after being a Raiders fan for 46 friggin' years, I've finally gotten to the point where the Raiders have relieved me of the burden of expectation. I said at the conclusion of last year, from now on, I am not going into a season expecting them to make the playoffs because all I do is get let down and get hurt and get pissed off every single year. So from now on, I'm not going to expect anything other than freaking one in 15. Like if they do any better than that, then it's a win. And I said that and I'm sticking to it, except the fact that we had a badass off season and I think that we can win 10 games. So, so the answer to your question is both do i do i think they're going to be in playoff contention in december no because i swore the raiders off and i said i was never going to have faith in them again going into a going into the beginning of a season but man they did some awful good stuff this offseason and they've got the talent necessary to be in a playoff spot or contending for a playoff spot in december so there's a double answer to your question and now i hate myself for saying it i love it uh, a couple years back on a couple other shows that i love i did a prediction where i they ask you, do the Raiders win every week? That we're going to do in a, in a few minutes. But uh, I made the Raiders 16-0 and 0 on that show. And we ended up with four wins. So they called me an expert, too, you know, on that show. They were like, <laughs> we're so proud to have you, Mikey Raider, as an expert for the Raiders on our show. And, and I said, 16-0, we won every game and we won four. I don't think I'm being asked back because it's at the same time this year as it was last year. And I don't think they're asking me back. 
We're so ex- no, we we're, will not be in playoff contention in December. We're expert fans, which means we think with our heart and not with our head. That's ultimately where it comes down. Yeah, I, I don't think with that road stretch, we're, you know, God, we got to win a few of the, more of those games than we lose during that road stretch to even be considered in playoff contention in December. Because December is the final four games, basically. So you figure teams got to be 10 and 6, 11 and 5 to go to the, the playoffs. So yeah. if there's a final four games left, we would have had to already have at least win seven or eight games, let's say seven at that position to be in playoff contention. So will we have won seven games by December with four left? I don't know. Yeah, I man. Because I mean, you know, the Chiefs are no joke, man. We may we may hate them with all of our uh, what, what what we're capable of, but man, they're going to be good. So, I mean, they're going to be right there for the division. So that means if they, you know, do rattle off 12 or 13 wins, well, then now we're looking at a wild card, you know, just, just, just by default because of how good they're going to be. So, you know, if, wait, we'll, get the, the, we'll get the going, record in a minute, right? Yeah. I had the Raiders going eight and eight and I'm, it might change. We're going to go through it right now. Okay. Uh, so for the, for the entire season, who will be the MVP? Derek Carr. I 100% agree. Who will be the breakout star in terms of play on the field at the end of the season? Maurice Hurst. I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams. Uh, I think he's going to build upon, you know, Antonio Brown being such a great player, and he's going to be a great second wide receiver. Uh, Who will be the most underrated player? I don't know how they answer that. Who will be the underrated player still? I guess next season. Yeah, Daryl Worley. No one's talking about him. And you watch. This dude's going to ball out this year. I think the underrated player going into – I'm going to say going into this year. I don't know how that question is answered, if it's at the end of the year or going into training camp. Forgive me. But I'm saying going into this year, I think it's Doug Martin. I I think a lot of people Hmm. are sleeping on on Doug Martin, dude. Like, I had faith in him last year, and he did okay. Uh, And I still got faith in him this year. In the second year in the scheme, I, I call him underrated. Who will be the comeback player of the year this year? This one's tough because you come back is the assumption that they've been there already before. So uh, I don't know. Or this, they've been injured and they're coming back from an injury. Yeah, so I guess Colton Miller's the answer there. That, that you know, he was playing pretty well until he got hurt. So assuming that he, he progresses in, in just in talent and maturity and, and coaching and all that stuff and he's healthy, then, yeah, I think he's got to be the guy. Uh, you know what? I could say it'll be Antonio Brown for his attitude that he'll defy everybody wrong and there'll be no problems between him and Carr and Gruden. But I'm going to say, just for pure speculation, it's Richie Incognito. He's basically coming back off of suspensions. Sure. If he plays, if he doesn't have a suspension, uh, he might go. He was in Pro Bowl form the last two or three years he was with the Bills. So he might technically be the comeback player of the year if he's on the field. Does he get a suspension real quick? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Just because uh, the NFL likes to suspend people, so I'm going to go with yes. What is your one key to success for the Raiders this season? Well, I uh, building off my bold prediction of the secondary, the NFL is such a passing league, and look, we got to go through the Chiefs, man. We have to beat the Chiefs, and, and even if they don't have Tyreek Hill, 
there is just one too many weapons typically that they have that we have to cover. And so someone, you know, is going to get open. And so I, I think that's the key is our secondary, man. Do we go in there? Can we rough up Travis Kelsey? Can we disrupt, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes in, in, his, in his passing rhythms? You know what I mean? I think that's going to be a big deal because, you know, pass rush and secondary complement one another, right? You cover long enough, eventually the pass rush will get there. And, uh, you know, we've never seen what it looks like when Mahomes gets got at I'm, I'm not saying that right, but you know what I get mean? Got. Like when he gets you gonna got, get got <laughs> well, you know, you, you, gonna get got. you know what it's like when like, even looking at guys like Peyton and like with Brady, right. They don't like to get touched. You start roughing them up a little bit, even just, even just knocking them down. It screws them up because they're so used to not getting touched. And, and Mahomes is not like some running quarterback or nothing, but he's certainly elusive, right? He's, he's a big body guy. He can, he can, he's got a presence back there and he's got some, some wiggle to him. So I so think that, key- Key to success is Mahomes getting touched. No, yeah, and you do that. <laughs> yeah, and you do that. You do that by covering. So I think it's just, I think it's going to be entirely up to our secondary to cover because we got to cover the guys out of the backfield that are going to catch passes. We got to cover Kelsey. We got to cover their, their wide receivers. Like there's just they just have a well, lot of dang weapons. If your key to success is actually Mahomes getting touched, that's the defensive end or the defensive line as well. Yeah, but I think it all starts with the secondary. I think it all starts there. Now they say now, and it's some people, you know, say oh, it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like if the pass rush gets there quick, then the secondary doesn't have to cover that long, and then they look better. Some people say the secondary maintains our coverage, and then the pass rush makes its way there. I don't know. I just think that with as good as I think the secondary is going to be, that's where the pass rush is going to then come from. I think that that will then lead to the other. Speaking of the answer of what came first, the chicken or the egg, I know the answer. What is it? I've always, it's the farmer. Um, all right. The next key to success is <laughs> the key to success for the Raiders is, is their car. Uh, it's his chemistry. It's how well he feels with the players around him. It's all up to Derek Carr. He is 100% the key to success for this Raider. He is the engine that drives the train and this team will go as far as he does. And the defense builds upon the offense. So, and the, Offense builds upon the defense, so it, it all goes hand in hand. But Derek Carr is the key to success. Who's the Raiders rookie of the year? It's got to be Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I think just because he plays an offensive position, uh, my guy that, I, as I said, is going to be the standout of the draft, I think is going to be Jonathan Abram. But he's not going to be putting up a bunch of, like, you know, stats and stuff. He's just going to have a major impact, I think, especially on the physicality of, of the defense and that secondary I've been bragging on uh, this whole show. Uh, but I think in terms of numbers, I mean, if, if, if Josh Jacobs has – a thousand all-purpose yards, uh, then you know how do you not call him rookie of the year? So I think he's going to be the candidate. Yeah, he's a de facto, uh, if you will, you know. And they're going to use him a lot, catching, receiving. That's why they're holding out because they know that they're going to use him a lot. So they're trying to get their money and guarantee in case he gets injured because he might touch the ball 30, 30 times a day a game, maybe if they use him like that. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be Josh Jacobs. Undrafted free agent who makes the final 53 roster. I'm rooting for Ronald Ollie, man. He's my guy. I'm riding with him. I hope that he makes it. Uh, It's such a good story. And there's all the draft guys and even drafted or unsigned guys. There's always a good story because these are young men realizing their dreams. Um, So there's always good stories. But I think Ollie's is is even a little bit more unique. And uh, so I'm rooting for him, man. He's a likable guy. Uh, He's got the the, the physical traits to be a heck of a good football player. So uh, I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him.
Yeah, it could be Alec Ingold, the fullback uh, that makes the team in replacement of Keith Smith, who cost around two, three million dollars, whatever it is. Might be a little bit too pricey when you can get just a younger fullback to do more. Could be Lester Cotton Sr., you know, the offensive lineman to take over for Incognito or Denzel Good or whoever from Alabama in the future. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to root for Ronald Dolly. But if Ronald Dolly makes the team, that means um, Eddie Vanderdosh doesn't. Uh, and that means Ronald Dolly probably takes that position that was vacated by Eddie Vanderdosh. So that's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say Alec Ingold makes the team or Lester Cotton Senior. I, I can't come up with an answer. I don't care. Who will be your Raider surprise cut? Well, you like, a surprise is a big player. You led me right into it. I think Vanderdose is gone. That's not a big player though. It's not a surprise, is it? I don't know. The guy drafted him what in the second round? You're right. Like, I mean, you know, well, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think they drafted him with anticipating a cutting him a couple of years later. What is he, three years? This is his third year? Fourth? Uh, for No. He played one year. And he played pretty well early on. Got, got injured at the end of that season. That was last year. So this is, he's going into his third year. Yeah. So, I no, I think, I, I think he's gone. Yeah. I just don't call it a surprise because I think a lot of Raider Nation probably agrees with us. On that, I'm, like I said, for the surprise cut, Dwayne Harris. I'm gonna go with Gucci Harris, the special team standout. I mean, he got a contract just eight nine months ago. He ain't gonna get cut, but I'm I'm going with it. I don't know why. I'm just I don't I don't know. Maybe I don't know if there's really back. maybe the answer to this question is is just in that that there's not like a there's not a anybody that's gonna get cut or that's that's at risk of it, it seems pretty obvious. No. That I don't, th- you know, when you look at the, the the free agents that we brought, like none of those guys are at risk. Like William well, Gruden, Gruden's draft pitch, some of them might be cut. Like Marshall Aitman, you know, like yeah. But is that a surprise when you bring in Tyrell? Williams, people like them, but when you bring in Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown, and then you draft Hunter Renfro, like man, Ryan and sign JJ Nelson, like I mean, like where's the? They're not going to carry eight freaking wide receivers. So I mean, you know what I mean? Like Doug I, Martin, that should have been your surprise cut. You just said Doug Martin a little while ago. But that's not a surprise to me. I, the guys, yeah, to you, that's a huge surprise to me. They just gave him a new contract. All right, well, that, the minute Marshawn, the minute uh, uh, Crowell got injured, well, they were like, Doug Martin, well, they needed him. We need that. to change that and said, surprise to Mikey cut that Murph thinks. The answer to that question, yes, is Doug Martin. I don't think Doug Martin's going to be around. He's a little bit too old, man. You can't you have duplication of effort, man. Yeah, I don't. I'm a firm believer in not having a duplication of effort. And you got guys on this team that can do exactly what he does, if not better and younger and cheaper. So, see ya. Yeah, that's a surprise. I think to many. I think Doug Martin was shined because he won't get cut because he's that good of a player for Gruden. All right. Gruden does love him some Dougie Fresh, man. There's no doubt. So it wouldn't be a total shocker. But what song from Dougie Fresh did he make that I remember? Dougie Fresh, you own. Five seconds? Yeah, six Five minutes. minutes. Six, six minutes. minutes Fresh, six minutes, Dougie Fresh. Chaka Kong. Chaka <laughs> <laughs> I said I, I wasn't going to rap on this show, so I'm not going to do it, but yeah, it's six minutes. Six minutes? And then he goes, Michelle, my bell, something, umping to the net. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so old. I remember this stuff, Murph. Yeah. Well, I'm going to save it. <laughs> I had one pop into my head the other day, man, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that song, and it just like completely hit me out of nowhere. Two live crew, pop no. that coochie, no. pop, coochie baby, pop. 
No, it was the one that goes B stands for Broncos, Ben's BMW Broncos, base, Bengals, and a pair of balls. Yeah. We'll see you coming up, coming out. We'll knock out your stars. We're, we're not trying, trying to make, make a fuss. fuss. We're just trying to make it trying known make it that known. people of the world that are called being girls like balls in a Cadillac brown. Yeah. Oh my God. I used to bump that. How about stuff that, man? Me. Yeah. That popped into my I'm like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> just freaking, yeah. Whatever. Murph, we all have the funnest show on the airwaves. Yeah. We are, we're not too cool for school. We're not all about facts. We're like, all over the place with stats, with facts, and we're cool. And then we're fun AF. We are the funnest show, and I'm having a great day. Thank you, brother. Amen, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's what's all this stuff. This should be fun. We can't all sit around and take ourselves too seriously, man. It's fandom, and fandom is fun. Football is fun. Yeah, but last year was a negative time, not only for me personally, but, you know, for the Raiders early on. And, you know, I'm not saying our show suffered because we had a show, but. It feels a little bit different this year in season two in our first inaugural episode. It's because you relieved yourselves of the expectation, Mikey. You don't have the burden of expecting them to be great. You just have the burden of being a fan and fandom is fun. Yeah, I took a poop and I got my channel back. Basically, (laughs) that's what happened. I took a poop. That's true. I I released all the the Gruden. You had a lot of challenges last year off the field. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on. So, but but you pulled through. You, you persevered, man. You hung in there. You kicked ass. You stuck to your guns. You, you continued to put out quality product, Mikey. You did the right thing. You handled yourself uh, in a very professional way, if I could use that, that term. Um, you know what I mean? You did, you did good with all that, all that extra baggage, man, that was coming at you. And you had it from multiple angles, from multiple different sources, um, you know, legally and otherwise. And, and you, you conducted yourself. Family. You know what, man? And, 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 and you got vulnerable a couple times, and it's okay, man, because we're just we're freaking humans, man. You care. You care. You have you, you have emotion because you care because you love this stuff and you did well. So I applaud you. Thank you, brother. So if negativity was a person, then I would now become Drago from Rocky, and I would say to that negativity, if he dies, he dies. This is the game review segment. I must. We are going to quickly review wins and losses for the preseason because that's coming up. And we're going to do an early uh, season prediction of wins and losses. We did it last year. I should have brought out the stats and seen how you were right or wrong, but we can do that next year. I was Uh, wrong. I can tell you that right now. I was wrong. All right. Preseason game one versus the Lambs on August 10th. Do the Raiders win in their first preseason game, you know preseason game, and I do remember us talking about this last year. Preseason, you can't, it's hard, you can't predict it. You can literally flip a coin because uh, there's just it's a talent evaluation period. They're not really playing to win. I mean, they say they are, but it's we know they're not. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna say we lose all four of these games. I'll I'll save you for even asking me. I you just, saved me five minutes, Mark. There you go. I, we're gonna lose all of them. Yeah. All right. I think we win versus the rent. Okay, so. So you say we lose. So okay, I'm writing down zero yeah. wins in the preseason. Yeah. Um because we believe- always lose because we're gonna get losing the Rams because they're the freaking Rams. We're gonna lose the Green Bay because it's green, it's in Canada, it's a funky thing. Uh we always lose at Seattle, so we're in the preseason. Se- Seattle always kicks our ass in the preseason. And then the last one is that like maybe do we come out with a win uh against the Cardinals? I don't know, but I don't think so. Of course, and that Seattle game is in Oakland, I do, I think, but no, is it on the road? 
Uh, no, home and away, it's away. It's away. Yeah, it's away. So we always lose up there. So that's good. So, yeah. So we, we only have one home game in the preseason. That's what I'm saying, man. So maybe against the Cardinals. So I just, we I really go do. To Canada. I mean, I really am not, not being facetious. I just think we lose them all. I don't, I don't have any expectation of anything like in terms of scoreboard success in the preseason. Look, we, we are going to beat the Rams in week one at home, and we are 100% going to beat the Cardinals. Uh, and we are 100% going to beat the Seed Chickens. The Raiders are going to be three and one in the pro season. In the pro season, the pro season, Murph. The pros, because they're pros. Yeah. We're going to be three and one going into Monday night football. All right. Let's go week by week. We'll quickly win. Yes, no, whatever. Uh, Monday night football versus the Broncos. You know what? We come out fired up. We had a three and one preseason. We win versus the Broncos week one. What about you? I agree. Boom. Are you Murph, writing these guys. down? Or you want me to write them down? Yes. I'm I'm got it. I'm, okay, you got it. I'm gonna All right. you know what? Let's let's make this a bet. Whoever is closest to the wins and losses, uh donates to the other person's charity of like twenty bucks. Perfect. Deal. All right. So let me write that down. That's a twenty dollars to each other's charity. That's a bet. I'd probably be the charity nowadays. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a good bet. All right. Kansas City at home uh, versus the Raiders. Oh, my God. I think we lose. I think we win this one. And I think that this is, dare I say it, the defining game of the season. Because if we win this game, if we prove that we can beat Kansas City at home, last time KC's going to roll into Oakland, dude, that's going to – I mean – It'll be all up from, or hopefully, it'll continue the momentum and go up from there because they're going to be one of the best teams in football. So if you can handle them week two, dude, I think we got a lot to look forward to, man. And I and I don't want to oversell it, but I, I think that this is a big game. I think the Raiders definitely. Of course, the Broncos are always a big game, big game. but I mean they're all big. But I mean this is in terms of momentum and 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 just the dynamic of the season and how it's going to unfold, dude. I think this is a big deal. Think about the statement. Think about what the talk will be. If we knock off Kansas City week two, and we're we're two and zero, oh and they're one and one, or if you but, know they're but we're, we're two going and into oh. that eight game str- away stretch right and then and there, and that's the other reason why we need it because we got a big stretch on the road. So I think it's very important. Think about the if you come out of the gate with two division wins, then losing to the Vikings is not the end of the world. Losing to the Bears in London is not the end of the world, or Green Bay, or the Lions, or any of these other games that are upcoming. If you lock up those two division wins early, and especially against your freaking arch rivals, and especially the team that's going to be a Super Bowl favorite, dude, that's a big-ass game, man. I think it's huge, that week two game. So give, give me a All win right. there. All right. The Raiders start their home stretch uh, in Minnesota. I, unfortunately, do not think they win that game. Minnesota just veteran leadership i think they're gonna get it done uh what about you murph yeah i think they're too good and uh, i think that that's a hangover game you know the raiders are gonna gonna sell out to beat the chiefs and uh and unfortunately it's gonna linger with them a little bit and we'll we'll lose on the road in, in minnesota that's a tough place to play man plus they're really good uh now we got the colts and i mean i don't ever want to say this guy is not good but they're pretty good with andrew luck i i'm just gonna give this kid credit Coming back off of arm surgery and uh, he just plays great. Uh, I think it's a close game, but I think the Colts beat us with Andrew Luck. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, they were the you know one of the the jump out teams of the of the league last year, and um, yeah, they're they're pretty freaking good, man. And and again, much like Minnesota, playing them on the turf with that crowd, that's a tough game. I think I'm on a um, I'm going to go to that one. I'm going to try to squeeze that one in. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be that's a tough that's a tough one. So yeah, I'll take take the L there too. Okay, you're taking the L. All yeah, right, yeah. Chicago in London, Khalil Mack returned. Gruden is fired up. We, we've lost a few in a row. He's fired up. We will not lose this London game. Their quarterback, we got his number, Mitchell Trubisky. I don't care what happens. This will be a victory for the Raiders. We beat the Chicago Flukes. Well, uh, this is going to be another team that, that uh, all the, the analysts will tell you is a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, unfortunately, I don't agree. We don't do well overseas. We don't do well in these London games. We don't do well on the East Coast, let alone on <laughs> across the country or across the, the, the ocean. But Gruden changed country. up the entire practice procedure I this year. He's saw. going to 9 a.m. every practice and training camp. Yeah, and, and that tells you they're getting ready for that Chicago and that East Coast trip. I, I agree, and they're leaving earlier this time. They're not going to go the day or two before. They're going to be over they're there for the right week. after the indie game. Right, right so after. I get it, man, and I hope you're right, and I hope that I am way wrong. But you know, again, I just I gotta. I said at the beginning of the show, I'm, I've relieved myself of that expectation, and I just they've not ever done well there. And in fact, we go over there and get our ass kicked usually. You know what I mean? So I just I got a I got a feeling it's not going to go well, man. I don't. I, I, and, and so at that point, we're two and three going into the bye week. I think that's about a very realistic expectation for this season. Do the Raiders stay on that side of the pond in the bye week, or go back home for a few days? Like, what do you think in that bye week? I think you got to get out of get town. Get at the traveling schedule. Maybe yeah. go to a hotel in Green Bay and get a custom. I don't know. No, nah, I mean that's the bye week, so they'll they'll come home, man. Um, I, th- I think they'll they at come least home. got five or six days somehow. Yeah, in Green Bay, that's that's Central Time Zone, so that's not going across the country. So, I think they come home. All right. So now versus Green Bay, do we win or lose? I'll just throw it out there. I believe, dude, like Aaron Rodgers is a beast. I don't know what happens, and I will never count him out. I think we lose versus Green Bay. I do too. It's late October in Lambeau with Aaron Rodgers, like. Come on, man. That's pretty pretty tall order there. And I, I, you know, I know they've lost a couple of pieces, but you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still Devontae Adams. I, I don't see any. any uh, this is not looking good for us. And this game that I'm really looking forward to, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the Raiders have you know lost and they keep going up and down. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Antonio Brown is going to want to poise up DeAndre Hopkins, one of the other best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, and I just think this is a game that the Raiders team is going to win. I think we beat Houston in a close game, but we win. We win versus Houston. I think so too. And I think this is the beginning of the stretch where we where we turn it around. So we've lost, uh, according to my picks, we lost what uh, uh, four in a row. Three in so a row. Yeah, four in a row. Four in a row. And so here we go. Now I think that we're going to get them back. And I agree. I think it starts uh, with the Texans. I think that we win that game. It's on the road. And now all of a sudden that builds some confidence back. You're now three and four. And we're at home against the Lions. I think that we're going to win that one too. And that then and, it, and at that point, uh, it's going to get us back to even. And we'll be four and four on the season uh, with a Thursday so did, night game. Did, did you say we win against two? 
Houston. Yeah, so we beat Houston, and then we beat the Lions in Oakland, and then have the Chargers come into town, and we're we're sitting at four and four, and that's probably about where they're going to be sitting too, knowing that the Chargers are going to go all Chargers this year, and you know what I mean, and 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 play five hundred football. So um, I think that's that's. Uh- all right, so let me – okay, so you got us winning at Houston. Sorry, yeah. I, my brain fluctuated. Okay. I got us winning Houston, winning against the Lions, so we're 4-4 four and four at this point. Okay, cool. So I got us beating the Lions as well at home. I think some home remedy will do us good. We're coming off a big victory. Houston is in that time zone, so it's kind of like two weeks at home, and I think it'll be good for the Raiders. So I believe we get a victory uh, versus Detroit as well. Then we got Thursday night football. Uh, versus the Chargers at home. And, I mean, they're a good team every damn year. I don't even want to give them credit. I, I'm sorry, guys. But can we beat them? I think we're on a solid stretch right now. I think we win this game versus the Chargers uh, somehow very closely. Well, I hope you're right. I don't think so. I think that we lose this one. This is our first divisional ding. Uh, I don't think we're going to go undefeated in the division. And I think that, you know, prime time uh, on a short week, I just I got a feeling that we're going to we're going to catch an L on this one. All right. Now, Paul Gunther's former team comes into town. And early on, I had the Raiders losing against the Bengals in my other prediction. I don't know why I did that. The more I thought about it, we're at home for three straight weeks, basically four in my recollection, and I think Paul Gunther will know the quarterback's number if it is Andy Dalton or anybody else. Uh, we do struggle with running backs and you know stuff like that, but I don't think they could beat us single-handedly. I think Raiders' defense proved something, like with Cleveland Farrell against Paul Gunther's former team. Raiders get a victory versus the Bengals in my new, um, I guess, my new uh, prediction. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for all the exact same reasons that you just said, I think that we catch a, a win there. In fact, this could be our blowout. This could be one of those ones that we win a game by 25 or something, you know? Ooh. Then we go on the road to New York to face the J.E. Stupids. Uh, <laughs> you get it instead of adding the T, I just, J.E. Stupids? Yeah, Stupids. Uh, uh, do we get a victory against the Jets? Well, you know what? My God, we're on a roll in my new prediction. I say yes, we win again, Murph. Yeah, I don't buy the hype of the Jets this year, but uh, I also don't buy the Raiders have gotten over the hump of playing on the East Coast until they prove us wrong with any kind of consistency. I think this is an L, unfortunately. We have so many of our good friends that are going to this game, too. All of our uh, East Coast guys uh, and gals that are up there, you know, from Syracuse folks down to the New Jersey folks, all of them are going to this game. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's the Raiders don't do well. They just don't do well on the East Coast, man. So I'm going to take the loss there. Nick Mangold is a Raider killer, and we're going to talk about that and why on the next Raider News show. Uh, Now we're in week 13, Unlucky 13, and in Unlucky 13, it is now coming down to the playoff wire, as we spoke about Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Do we beat them? No. I predicted a loss earlier. I don't think we win again, so I'm saying no. And what about you, Mark? Yeah, no, Sam. There's no way we're going to run the table. And if I picked him to win at home, we're not going to win in Kansas City in December when it's cold as heck. Oh, now we move on to your neck of the woods. Tennessee Titans. But it's actually not in your neck of the woods. It's in, in our Oakland, neck of the yeah. woods. 
with your team that's in your neck. Because I don't know what I was saying there, Murph. I made a the team I that I live cover. close to. Well, the Raiders beat them three years in a row in Nashville, and I don't think that that's going to stop. Uh, aside from you know, by, by this time Mariota should be good and hurt. That's usually what how kind of how it goes for them. Uh, and I'm not wishing that on him. I'm just saying that that's you know he he typically doesn't play out full seasons. Uh, he doesn't hasn't proven that he can be durable yet. Uh, Derek Henry is scary. He can run the heck out of the football, but I think we're going to have the defense to be able to accommodate him. Uh, so give, give me the win here. We, we, like I said, we beat him three times in a row. I think this will just be number four. I agree. I think we're going to win versus Tennessee, but I think it's going to be a closer game and better game than people think. I really do. I think it's going to be like come down to the who has the ball last. It'll be like a game of blitz. Yeah, you could see that. Um, now we got the Jaguars at home. Will the Jaguars bounce back, be in playoff contention with Jalen Ramsey, the future Raider in 2020? I was Do just, we get a victory? I was just going to say, you mean when we get Jalen Ramsey at the trade deadline and he's now a Raider and this is now going to be a, a game that's flexed into a, a Sunday night because it's Jalen Ramsey's return, uh, to, to, or not return, but his, uh, his, his chance to play his former team. Um, yeah, give me the win here. I, I don't I don't think the Jaguars are are, are much of anything. I, you know, just don't just don't trust them. So what do we got? Nick Foles now uh, instead of Blake Bortles. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Nick Foles didn't do good the last time he left Philadelphia. So until he proves us wrong, uh, I'm going to assume it's going to be more of the same. So give give me the Raiders W here. All right. So you get a W versus the Jaguars. Uh, I unfortunately think. This will be a big game uh, for the Jaguars. They'll probably be in playoff contention, winning a lot of games. Nick Foles is a great quarterback. And I fear the Raiders anytime they play a quarterback with the first name of Nick. I don't know if you know (laughs) what I'm talking about, Murph. I don't know if you remember that. Every player that's played against the Raiders with a quarterback of the name Nick has crushed us. Look into the 49ers last season. That's all I'm going to say. So I think the Raiders lose versus the Jaguars. Then on the road, let's call it on the at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oakland Chargers. South. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the last game versus the Jaguars is the last game in Oakland. I forgot to mention that. And I think we lose. And that's what also pisses me off about the last game being versus Jacksonville at home in Oakland. Because it should have been the Broncos, the Chiefs, or if worse comes to worse, the Chargers ridiculous and i think we might lose in our final game at home in oakland i'm sorry if you want to speak on that no that's i'm with you it would have been nice to have it be a divisional game but i hey i'd rather be the jaguars than the freaking patriots you know what i mean i'd rather be somebody like that that we got a good chance of beating than somebody else you know what i'm saying like, yeah, but we play the damn Chargers and the Broncos the next two weeks. Why didn't they just slide one of those damn games over and put the Jaguars in 16 or 17 for playoff contentions or whatever, you know, to give the Raiders a divisional opponent to end out their season? Oh, we gave them the Broncos last year. Well, then give us the Chargers this year. Morons. It's because of TV ratings, Murph. It's because of TV ratings. All comes down to money. All comes down to damn money. And Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of it. So that's why they want the Jacksonville Jaguars on the final game in Oakland to get a lot of publicity. Probably. Probably. All right, whatever. Let's move on to the Chargers at the Raiders home, let's call it. Uh, and it's subject to change, whatever that means. Do the, Ra- 
Do the Raiders win? Um, I don't think we win both games versus the Chargers, so I think we lose this one. Yeah, I think we lose there too. Now, the final game in general for the Oakland Raiders possibly versus the Broncos in Denver territory. I don't think they'll be in playoff contention. I see the Raiders tearing up the table with the Broncos. I see us winning the first game to start the season versus the Broncos, and I see us finishing the season beating the Broncos, so I say the Raiders win. I agree, and then we've balled out in mile high plenty of times, so history is on our side as well. You know, to not only win, but to win big. And I think that, you know, the last game ever for the Oakland Raiders, yeah, it's not at home, but it's our last game as the Oakland Raiders. I think that we win this game too. Plus it's the Broncos and we do good beating them late in the year. Yep. So in summary, you have, you have the Raiders going eight and eight. I think that's about right. That's what I was before. Now I get a new prediction. Let's count it. One, two, three. I got the Raiders going 9-7. and seven. Flirting with the playoffs. Flirting. We are flirting with the playoffs. Wow, I got them going 9-7 and seven now. So I, I upped it by one game. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Bam. All right. Yeah. Everybody check it out. I'm not wearing it today, but I am in that picture. It is the Get Made shirt. It's like a mafia-style T-shirt. From Murph and his fan came from their podcast. And if you want to be a person that gets made, you can buy the shirt and call his hotline at least three times. And then you're made officially in all directions. And proceeds go to the, I believe it is the Belentnikov Foundation. You could pick up those amazing get made t-shirts on Murphsfancave.com. Speak about it quickly, Murph. Let them know what that shirt is about. Our goal is to raise $2,000 for the Blitnikoff Foundation. We're going to present them with a check in November at their Crab Fest uh, annual fundraiser. Uh, the money will go to fund Tracy's Place of Hope, which is a place uh, that's provided for young ladies um, that to get themselves out of uh, uh, domestic abuse situations, substance abuse situations, uh, basically gives them a safe place. And also they offer a lot of rehabilitative services. So it helps them reacclimate uh, into sober and safe life and get themselves back out there to get jobs and, and uh, long-term housing and things like that. It's a wonderful foundation. We are, uh, we're, we're very thankful to be part of it. And we are so thankful to Raider nation and the support of not only, um, of buying these shirts, but going to our affiliate links to generate money. I'm putting all the money into a hopper and we're giving all of it to Blitnikoff right now. We are on pace for that 2000 bucks. We're about $600 right now. And, uh, and we're, we're giving it all away. If we go over two grand, then we're going to just give it all. We're going to keep on going. We're not going to stop just because we get it there. So please go to RaidersFanRadio.com slash t-shirts. Buy this shirt, and, uh, and a 100% of the proceeds is going to them. And so thank you to all of you that have bought one already. Thank you to those of you that will buy one in the future. And please do it. Again, It's there's nothing wrong with making money on podcasts. I don't begrudge anybody that does it. Uh, but in our, in our case, we're in a position financially where we can take that money and give it away. So we're supporting... Uh, one of the best uh, Raiders foundations and charities there is, and you will make a difference in these young ladies' lives. So please go out there and get the RFR T-shirt. And if you would also like to wear our faces on your beautiful hey, body, we actually ha- we have two official owners of the Mondays with Mikey and Murph shirt, and Frankie Mosquada sent us a picture of him wearing our show's shirt, and it looks really good on him. 
So great. I just wanted to say, if you guys wanted, would like to support this channel and all of our shows or episodes, if you will, um, no problem. And I promise you, I'm going to give you some extra money, Murph, for the, uh, the foundation as well. Somehow I will get it done. You know you're getting a little bit of money from me in support. So pick up the Mondays with Mikey and Murph shirt. Some of that money will go as well to the charity that we just mentioned. And uh, thank you, Frankie, for wearing the shirt. Yeah, I met Frankie at the draft this year, man. Super cool guy. I got to meet him and his lady, and uh, they were they were very, very cool. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, Mikey, this right here, I'll just say this real fast. Just this platform to be able to say what I just said, that's all the payment I need from you, brother. I mean, I appreciate your support and this stuff, but just helping me get the word out to folks because, you know, your your reach is a lot bigger than ours is on Raiders Fan Radio, uh, especially in terms of, of YouTube here uh, with your subscriber count. And so just so thank you to you for for giving us that platform. And the Raider Nation, I would just say to you, just, just act on it. I mean, they're cool shirts, man. You get a cool shirt and you're going to support a fantastic charity. Uh, you know what I mean? So, or channel or anything that you guys do absolutely so thank you very much yeah the shirts i i get like nine or ten bucks from it so i'm trying to we've only sold two so <laughs> <laughs> the the foundation so far is getting you know five dollar or ten dollar wait yeah ten dollars out of two shirts so okay it, it, deal it, we're doing good murph all right uh, and then i just wanted hey. you to explain this beautiful picture oh thanks man those are my boys so this was at the draft this year uh we went out there for day two uh well we, i was there all three days but on day two i took my uh my sons Vinny and tristan there and uh took them out to go uh to the draft experience and we had an absolute blast man it was so cool that uh, you get your uh face made up uh, like like they take like a digital image of you and make like a hall of fame bust of you Dude, we're literally we're literally having an earthquake bro the entire right? room is moving in oh, California man. again. Oh, my goodness. You guys have been getting hit big time. I see wow. you moving. Holy you cow. It's like moving. Oh, my God. It will not stop. Still going? Yeah, like I'm freaking out. Don't freak bro. out, man. I see you moving. I see your microphone moving around. Still going? Yeah, just a little bit. I think you're having aftershocks for that big one that you guys had the other day. Okay. Is it dying down? I think it is crazy we're live on the air hey that's a viral video murph i'm sorry did i cut you off you're talking about your family no oh that's all right man you're, you're good huh nothing falling off the shelves or nothing no nah, it's just you could just see it like moving a little and then i feel the ground it was just just rolling yeah i got very vivid memories of earthquakes especially the big it one wasn't in 7.1 like it was the other day I'm, I'm thinking this one was like a four or maybe a five it was enough to I move your camera later. i mean we could see it jiggling around there yeah crazy okay well, sometimes that could be my desk. Let me be honest with you. I don't know. No, that wasn't but, your desk. Yeah, that was it. Was moving. You could see it. Yeah, that was we cool. Were we we were having one. All right, let's move on. Okay, so anyway, so there's a lot of cool stuff. You could there's a draft podium set up, and you have your jersey there, and so or you could take a picture. It looks like the kids got drafted, and there's just tons and tons of fun stuff to do. So, anyways, this was part of it uh, where we I love were that wondering. Snake shirt. That's a cool snake shirt. Yeah. So that's uh, RaiderSnakePit.com. Uh, Steve Corcoran, uh, uh, former member of the, I think it was Contra Costa Times. Uh, he now does uh, Raider Snake Pit with Bill Williamson, and uh, he's been on our show a couple of times, and that's his website uh is is raider snake pit and so uh my son Vinny, that's what he likes to he likes to rock that snake shirt and their proceeds go to the stabler xo uh xo foundation which is the other big raiders charity along with bolitnikoff there's the stabler foundation and that's what the proceeds from their website goes to that 
So that's, yeah, what that, the, uh, that's why it's snake yeah, on the shirt. Just when Johnny is working with the Stabler Foundation as well. It so sure he is. Says, yeah. Yep. We, we've, we've talked. There it is. Quickly, we talked about it a lot at the end of the show, but let us know. Let them know about your new episode of Tales from the Nation on Murph's Fan Cave. The link is below. Yeah, so we covered Super Bowl 18 and three fantastic moments from that Super Bowl, January 22nd, 1984, when the Raiders won their third championship by beating the Washington Redskins 38-9. to uh, And we covered three big-time plays in there. Uh, that show is on the Murph's Fan Cave uh, feed. It's on any podcast service, so check it out. And thank you, Just Win Johnny, for that amazing artwork uh, for that show, man. He killed it uh, nice. on that on that artwork. It's one of my favorites. So thanks to Johnny, and thank you to all, the, all, the, all of those of you that have already listened to the show. It's been a lot of fun. I cannot wait for the next episode. Honestly, I'm very much enjoying it, to Thanks, be honest Mikey. with you. Thank you. Uh, your thoughts on the Tahir Whitehead lizard mask. Should the NFL let players wear masks with, like, creatures or features or whatever? Like, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, yeah, I think it would be awesome. They're not going to let them do it because they don't make any money off of it, which you know how this thing goes. They should man. make it. They should brand it, you know, like it's images. Yeah, but they're not going to – it's going to have to – but it's not – that's not NFL-related. You know, they get they get weird about their uniforms, man. They don't want anybody doing anything. It's like they don't even let them wear they got us had to give them a special day to wear whatever kind of shoes they want to wear. You know what I mean? Like let alone wearing a, a visor that's got a But I I think it's cool looking, you know. It definitely is cool looking, but they're not going to let them do it. I'm like freaking out every time I'm hearing something or feeling something. I'm like, is it an earthquake? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, I think they should. How fun would it be for a quarterback to look back at a reptile? Like pretend Another player had like a snake, right, uh, on the Denver Broncos or whatever, a snake mask. And then Derek Carr, he looks at it or something. So then the next time they played the Broncos, Derek Carr would put a mask on of like a, a predator that eats snakes. And he'll be like, well, there you go. I got the predator that eats your snake. I think it would be fun. I don't know. I, I would love it. If, as long as they can see. What do you think of the logo, the new 60th Raider logo patch that they're going to wear? I love it, man. I think it's great. And I liked how they, they referenced that it's going to go through changes throughout the course of the season. So I'm going to assume that the majority of the patch stays intact in terms of the lettering and the numbers and with the uh, years and all that. But then like this one, like there's the Al torch, right? Is in the middle of the 60. So maybe the next one has the three Lombardi trophies, right? And then the next one has whatever. Like, I think that's kind of the direction that they'll go with it. And uh, I think it's pretty cool, man. I like it. Yeah, um, I don't like it. More than I thought about it and looked at it, I, I, I didn't dig it. I love the Al Davis torch thing. And um, I just looked up an article that I'm going to present on the Raider News of all the people that signed and lit the torch. There's a list now from every year of everybody that did it officially. So I'm looking forward to presenting that and reading that. But um, And if it's going to go through changes, I didn't read that. But I'm hoping it'll – it looks like it's in the 60s, that type of design – and I'm hoping maybe, you know, it'll have a change like the 70s, the 80s, like different designs where it could be more modernized. Like just when Johnny from One Nation Fanware was saying that the NFL could modernize a lot of these logos to look more computer-esque or technology-wise or, or a little bit better. And I think for a patch, if they're going to change it, like you said, or have different versions, I would like one of them really modernized, at least one of them. Yeah, I, you know, Johnny's got a great eye for this stuff. I mean, it's what he does for a living for crying out loud. He knows more than I do, but I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like things modernized in terms of our team. 
There's a reason that our logo and our, our I mean, for the most part, hasn't changed uh, since its inception. I mean, it's gone through a couple incarnations, uh, but those were very early on uh, in, in its life. And, and, you know, our color scheme has never changed. Our, we've had small changes to the uniform, but for the most part, the, the, the things haven't changed because that's the legacy of the Raiders. The Raiders are all about tradition. You know, there are certain teams, whether that be the Packers and the Bears or, or, or the Raiders in this case, we're, I don't want to see it change. I don't want to see well, different. Yeah, not the logo or anything. I know what you're saying, but like. But even the. Nah, but even the. Nah, now hear me on this. We're going to Vegas. We got to have different designs. We got to be modernized in some I aspects. I don't care if we're going to Mars, man. I don't want it to. <laughs> I don't want to see it updated. No, I want to see old looking things. I mean, and Vegas is very retro. You look at the way that Vegas designs are and stuff and the way that the, the architecture of like typically the, or the interiors, especially Vegas is very old school. And like think about all the Rat Pack and Elvis and all that stuff and Wayne Newton and all that. That's all throwback. Yeah, it's all retro. It's, stuff. Disappear- it's disappearing. Let's be honest. It's disappearing. Yeah, but not in case little of the Raiders. But not in the case of the Raiders, though, man. I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. No. What I like. I, li- I like the old styling of it, and I think that they should continue with that. Yeah, I don't want to see Don Cachet, Sweet Murph, Don Cachet. All right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say, you were talking about, we should go to the Mars. Uh, but hopefully, they don't use a tin foil spacecraft to land on Mars like they did with the Moon. A tin foil and metal rod spacecraft landed on the Moon. Boom, 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 Mikey's craziness. All right, what do you think of this Raiderette when they had their event to bring in the new class of cheerleaders? One of the former Raiderettes, the classic legacy ladies, wore this like 900-pound chain with a big Raider shield, kind of like Mikey Raider does, and a lot of other Raider fans. What do you think about that? I want to marry this woman. She is balling out as a Raiderette. Yeah, I think it's freaking awesome, man. Heck yeah, I think it's great, man. That's great. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's old school. That's old school. That's raidery right there. Dig it. That's just crazy to see like a blonde, supposedly classy woman, you know, you know, coming to meet the new Raiderettes. And she's like, I got my dog chain on. I got my bling bling. That's like a toe chain, man. That thing's, yeah. Look at that chain. It's like, that thing's not gold platinum. Yeah. we you could, think 50 cent letter borrow it? I don't know. I don't know. We could pull a Camry out of a ditch with that thing, man. That thing's gnarly. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's amazing. I want to meet this woman. I want to do an interview and find out why she wore that. Normally, they're like, we're going to put on my good earrings, my little logos. You know, she's yeah, like, nah. dog chain. Sorry. Probably Vontez Perfect's wife. I'm sorry. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> all right murph we're gonna do take a couple of phone calls that we had uh and we're gonna answer and talk about their questions online you got the first phone call murphy sure do thanks brother yo mikey this hardcore raider coming at you from uh donkeyville I want to talk about this uh ranking of the raiders uh fan base rank 17 which is complete hogwash so uh here's a, i got two takes man one First of all, it's Raider Nation. We're the only team, fan base, that has, um, you know, a slogan like Raider Nation where you have 31 other teams trying to copy us, just like in the draft. You have the, you know, Cowboys claiming Cowboy Nation, Panther Nation, uh, Redskin Nation. It's just out of freaking control. So I've been doing some stuff with uh, Raider Band Podcast and uh, Raider Band's YouTube channel, so check check that out. But – you know, 
what I believe is that Raiders have more Raider-only content than any other NFL team, where you have podcasts and YouTube channels that cover only the Raiders, that don't cover other sports or other NFL teams. So I came up with my own challenge. I'm going to pull 50 bucks out of my own pocket. The first person that comes up with an itemized list of all 32 teams mm. and their podcasts and YouTube channels that cover only that team, no other additional content, no other sports, but only that team. And I guarantee you Raiders are number one. So whoever wants to participate in that, uh, go check out Raider Band Podcast, subscribe. And uh, first person that comes up with that list, and I'll verify it, um, I'll pull 50 bucks out of my own pocket for a gift card for NFLshop.com. All right, that's all I got. Take care, Mikey. I'm out. Uh, so <laughs> I saw this on the Pillaging Podcast where hardcore – this guy's hardcore. I mean, he lets you know his thoughts. He listens he to all of our shows, yeah. Yeah, he curses a lot. So I, I, I can't air all of his content, but I love him, and thank you very much. And I recently unblocked you. I apparently blocked you for some other reason. <laughs> so uh, forgive me. But you called the pillaging podcast, and I listened to it the other day, Hardcore Raider. And you were selling your your shows with Raider Ben and everything. And then they even cut you off. They go, what are you doing? You're selling your podcast on our podcast? <laughs> so are you trying to sell your podcast on our podcast, Hardcore? I'm just kidding. I don't care. I love you. It's all good, brother. Nothing but support. Long story short, you're right. The Raiders have the best fan base in the world. We shouldn't have been ranked 17th. Murph explained it. It was wrong. I don't care. They did another revote or recount by another guy, and he put us at number five. But the Raiders, and I heard this on your show, Murph, um, with Swaggy Jeff, even newly crowned, if you will, Swaggy Jeff, who, you know, answered a lot of questions incorrectly to be a Raider fan. But still, he no, said. he didn't. He didn't yeah, answer. You, Oh, dude, he didn't have the answers to a couple of players that were on the team. It like, was, yeah, it was, it, was one que- it was one question, and no, because Sonny put him on the spot. But no, he didn't miss a whole bunch. He missed I one. like it, but it was fun. He was, was fun. Oh, watching heck, yeah, it was fun. No, yeah, yeah. And then long story short, but he said something amazing, Swaggy Jeff did. He said that of all the years of him knowing the NFL or even when he, I guess he was a Tennessee fan, uh, he said he doesn't remember any other team with people or fans that have the word like Murph Raider, Mikey Raider, uh-huh. or Raider in their name. Like, there's no blank Titan, or maybe one, but not every single person has the name Raider, yeah. like, associated with them. And I love that statement, so I 100% agree. And then quickly, if I can interject, I quickly looked on my phone. I don't know the actual time, if this is what it was, but there was a 48 in recent California within the past hour, it said. There you go. Somewhere in California. So maybe that was a 4.8, guys. All right, speak on the fan base in, in Hardcore Raider. Yeah, we'll on our, our last episode of RFR, I kind of went in on this pretty heavy, so I'll, I'll kind of save rehashing that. But the gist of it to me is this, is that you can't, with the criteria that they chose, this Emory University study, to that they chose to... Uh, assemble their 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 uh assessment of the of the of the team it doesn't take into account the passion of the fan base and when you when you listen to like the nfl network folks they'll tell you anytime they do anything that has to do anything with social media the raiders fans show up the raiders end up winning it all because we're active and because we're and you can't measure that with the criteria that because they did it based on like jersey sales and like all these other things and like so 
but you just you just can't do it. Plus, we have the one of the crappiest stadiums, if not the crappiest stadium in, in all of football. So it's like, and like when you look at all the stuff that they used, the metrics are just not really fair to the Raiders fan base. And when you look at just in terms of passion and like what he's saying, like what hardcore Raider is saying in that Raider Nation's fandom displays different than any other fan base. The creativity that goes into our fandom is unlike any other fan base. And you can't measure that because yes, it's podcasts, it's music, it's art. It's all these different things that create it's, you know what I mean? You can't judge that. You can't put a number on that. And so these, these things are just stupid. I don't, I don't agree. Of course. And I'm, I'm going to stick up for Raider nation, no matter what anyways. And of course I'm going to think that we're number one, but we really are like, like he said, like point, point me to another fan base that has this level of involvement in what they do, in their day-to-day. When we say we're Raider Nation and we, and you say I'm a Raider, it means more than just I'm a fan of this football team. It's literally a lifestyle. It's literally a lifestyle that is represented and is on display in us 24-7. It is not a football season thing. It is not a Sunday thing. It is an all-day, every-day, day-and-night thing. And so that's what makes us different, and you can't measure that. Completely. That's why the Raider Nation is like the world in retrospect. There's many different races, cultures, everything, and we all don't see eye to eye. Some are political, some are not. But the truth is, we're all Raiders. But it, it, it's like the Raider fan base is like the world. So that's why they say the nation is worldwide. Because literally, the Raider nation is its actual own earth. It's like its own ball, you know? Like where we got different Raider nation fans that are all different, like different races and everything. We're all just different, but we're all Raider fans. Just like everybody that's different in the earth are human beings. We're just different. So everybody's a Raider fan, but we're just different. And there's, the spectrum is so wide in terms of how different and amazing we all are in our own ways. I don't know if what I said it. I even, I even, my brain said crazy, crazy, crazy <laughs> when I was speaking right now. My brain was. It's like the crazy. most look. It's it just just say it. It's the most di- diverse fan base of any. Uh, team of, of any sport that we have more cultural diversity theory. within the Raider nation than any other team. And that's a wonderful thing. It's, it's badass. It's one of my favorite things about it. There's nothing wrong with that. 100%. They could be loving. They could be mean. They could be scary. They could be happy. It's, it's, in, it's like the world. It's everything. Yeah. They could be on every side, but we love them all. Cause we wear silver and black. All right. Let's hear from Tramel Moody. Hey there, big bro, Mike. This is this Tramel Moody, and um, I was I had a question. I was just wondering, do you think John Gruden will end up switching Trent Brown and Colton Miller in the middle of the season with everything going bad, or do you think Derek Carr will actually speak up about having the highest paid guard, I mean tackle getting moved from from left to right after he won a Super Bowl from left tackle? I just want to get your answer on that, and also want to just tell you that. I love you so, and I also want to say, man, keep the haters hating because they is the one that motivates Raider Nation. I'm out. Awesome. Thank you, Tram- thank you, Tramel. And honestly, these questions are also associated with you, Murph, because you are my show as well. So you are our show. So even though they're saying Mikey, it's because they called my phone line. But I wanted to let everybody know quickly for the future. If you call and you want to be on this show and ask us a question. Leave it under like a minute and then say, hey, Mikey, hey, Murph, and then leave your comment and your rant. So that way I will listen to it 
and know it will be a part of this show moving forward. Okay? Do that for every show that you're calling in for with the rant hotline uh, above. Uh, do I think that John Gruden is going to switch him? Like I said, I don't think so. Maybe on occasion, uh, maybe in the preseason once or twice, but I don't think he's going to switch him. And do I think Derek Carr is going to speak up about it? Um, I hope he doesn't, because if he does, then that means Colton Miller is having some major issues. Yeah, exactly. So you speak on that real quick. The no, that's, that's it. I agree. I don't think he's going to move, and I think that if it gets start getting kicked around that he needs to, then that doesn't spell good things for the Raiders. So, no. 100%. All right. Kudos, I think, is from the next phone call. Hey, Mikey Raider. This is Eric Tillerson, one of your Eric. faithful listeners. I'm a proud card-carrying member of the Mikey Raider Nation. Right on. I didn't, and, I didn't uh, know I had hey, cards. Mikey, I just really appreciate the last show you shared with us. When you're going through all those numbers and everything, man, you didn't need to do that, but it just shows of your honest integrity um, to the family, to the Raider Nation. And, man, you know what? All we want is for you to just keep producing the awesome content that you do. The quality of your show is amazing. Um, don't listen to anybody that pushes negativity towards you. They don't deserve your time and your expertise. So I just want to say, hey, brother, I really appreciate getting to know you. Uh, please give me a call back. Uh, you got my phone number there, hopefully on your voicemail, on your... Uh, if he says his phone number, you can stop it. Give me a call back. Again, Eric Tillerson in Utah, the storming Mormon, representing the Raider Nation. Awesome job. Good call. So he said he's a proud, caring card member. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I did have cards that I used to give out at the, the barbecues and the bonfires when I thought like I was a company until they took me away. <laughs> but I, I did have cards nice. and you showed your card. So maybe he is literally a proud card carrying member. He is. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple of them. We got one for the, for Raiders fan radio. That's, that's that one there. And then, uh, and then there you go. Raiders fan radio. Oh, where, where's my camera? There we go. That, that. And then we got one for Merce fan cave. We all went on vistaprint.com for $20 at $9.99, and we made cards. <laughs> the to first we're 250 ready. are free, Mikey. Yeah, the first 250 are free, then it's like $5 for another 250 and you uh, get like 1,000 cards. That's how they get you. The first taste is for free. All right, let's get into the next caller talking about incognito and Vontez Perfect. Thank you, Eric, for the phone call. All right, Mikey Raider. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. This is D-Raider calling out of H-Town. Just want to leave a few lines on you, man, about Richie Incognito, Dante oh. Burbick. Look, man, I know they're talking a lot of crap about these guys, and they're saying that, oh, man, they're going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to be a problem at this point. Both of those guys on the field, yeah, they have penalties and stuff, but I'm going to tell you something about Richie Incognito. Man, this guy's a football player. And at this point in both of them life, they know him already. that this is the okay. last stop. And, man, we got a lot of young players. They may hang around for two years. They may hang around for one year. But what they're going to do, they're going to be actually coaches on the field. And we need some of this toughness for them young cats that we just brought in. And I'm going to tell you something, man. They're going to keep them around. Believe me, Mike Mel and his crew, I hear all this Shannon Sharp and all these football shows talking crap about these players. 
man, these players is going to play for the Raiders. I guarantee you. It was me that last year told you when these Raider fans, so-called Raider fans, jumping off the bandwagon. Like I told you, I've been a Raider fan since 66, man. Hanging out with John Gruden, man, because I'm going to tell you something, partner. They're going to put this thing back together. They're slowly putting the pieces together. They're bringing in the draft choices. They're bringing in the minds. Okay, they may not keep these guys, but one thing that's going to happen is some of that toughness from these players is going to rub off, man, and we need that. We need that leadership in there because look at it. For us, look around and see how much toughness leadership we got in there. These are veteran players, man. They got coaches. They're going to control these guys. Okay, when they act up, uh, yeah, they'll get rid of them. But the thing about it is, man, we need players like that right now. We need some help. We got talent. I'm telling you, I'm going to give this thing a year, two-year turnaround. I guarantee you this team is going to be reckoned with. All right, Mikey Raider, H-Town, I'm out. Oh, man, what a call. I love it. He's such a character, right? That was a great call. So, you know he was watching one of my videos, and I said something about Vontez Perfect or Incognito, and he didn't like it. He's like, listen here, Mikey Raider. Mikey Raider, Incognito. Yeah, they crazy, but they're going to play good, Mikey Raider. <laughs> I love him already. Call hey, again, brother. Hey, can I tell you, uh, we, on Raiders Fan Radio, we do a thing on our voicemails. We award a sizzler every week. And, uh, and, and can, I, can I give this guy an honorary sizzler? That was a great call. Sizzler. 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 Great job on that call, man. That was so good. So good. Uh, if we're talking about places that you like to eat at, and if Sizzler is one of them, because we have restaurants called Sizzler. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got, I mean, that's what the start of that was, because that first one is Marshawn in there when he was in high school saying that he was going to take his offensive lineman to Sizzler. 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 Well, then in that case, I like the Grande Burrito from Del Taco. So... <laughs> For, for our show, or my show, or whatever, I'm going to give him, he's the grande burrito of the week. He's the grande burrito. Grande burrito. Grande. I got a grande. Grande burrito. Grande. D, you are the grande uh, burrito of the week. Crack me and up, you, Mikey. That's fantastic. If you guys would like to win the grande burrito award, you know what? Maybe I should get in contact with him and text his number and say, buy him a grande burrito for being the grande burrito of the week. You need give him to- like a $6 gift certificate or something to get a grande burrito. You need to get a Del Taco endorsement, it sounds like, man. Get an affiliate link set up, man. You hear about that, Del Taco? Let's go, Del Taco. Del Taco, proud sponsors of Mondays with Mikey and Murph, each and every Monday. (laughs) I love it. Thank you very much, D. All right. Just want to let everybody know that Mondays with Mikey and Murph has a technically new logo, new design, new show for this upcoming season. And we will hopefully be beginning each and every Monday starting August 12th at 4 p.m. That will be right after the first preseason game. I believe that's right after the first preseason game. I may be, my recollections may be bad. When's the first preseason game, man? No, no, let me bring it up. Yeah, bring it up, bring it up. But long story short, we will be live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific unless stuff in life happens and, um, you know, we'll figure it out. But there you go. Technically, we're set in stone starting August 12th, 4 p.m. for our weekly Mondays with Mikey and Mirth TV show. Yeah, the 10th is August 10th is the first game. That's what I was trying to think. I was thinking our show was a couple days after the first game so we can give a review. Perfect timing. 
And I think uh, when does Hard Knocks come out? Is it on the Tuesday or the Wednesday after? I don't remember. It's on. Uh, I think they're on Thursday or Wednesday nights. Uh, August sixth is the first Hard Knocks. Okay, episode. so they'll be on. So Wednesday or Thursdays then. Okay. Yep. All right. Sweet. Sweet. So there it is, Murph. We finished our two and a half hour show. Yeah, we I were only going to go for an hour tonight, remember? We were only going to go for about an hour. Then I added some stuff, and I was thinking an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 40 minutes. And now we had a two and a half hour show. But hey, we're going to get to the swing of things, and I'm going to talk less, I promise. Yeah, me too. We're, 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 hey, it's preseason form, man. We're not in midseason form. If this were midseason form, we'd have been done in like 68 minutes. Yeah, because Monday Night Football is coming on. And I <laughs> exactly. Watch Monday Night Football. Yeah, we're like, all right, we got to get out of here and go watch the game. All right. First off, I wanted to thank everybody that donated during the show. If I could quickly look back and give you an awesome shout out for donating during the show because you deserve it. Uh, let me see if I can pull these up a little by little. Pirate1975 just donated a little while back. And I don't know how to look at the donations officially from this thing. Maybe I'll figure that out for another show. Adrian Raider, Watch Raider is online. Mean 519. Uh, quickly, I just want to give respect to Tarek, Adrian, Victor M, King Gafla, and everybody that stood with us to the end. Literally, we had about 300 people watching live, Murph, during the show in the middle. And then the minute we got to the picture of me and you on the guy's body, like the, the, the video views just went down. They plummeted, like, huh? They're like, no, it's the end of the show. They're going to sell us T-shirts. They're going to talk about charities. <laughs> you get it? Because that's how YouTube is. It's all yeah. flash. They want the flash, the pizzazz, the you know, Mikey Raider without a shirt off. They want a video <laughs> titled Mikey Raider quit. Mikey Raider's, you know, dramatic. Mikey Raider's crazy today. Mikey Raider. You'll never believe what this guy just said. Telling you, Murph. What do you think about that whole YouTube viral video type title sensation and vlogging? What do you think about it? I know you don't like it. Well, I know you don't, but. No, I can't stand it. it. Drives me nuts. But, you know, that's the way that our, our I think I'll say this and I'm going to save everybody the deep political or philosophical discussion. But I'll just say this. I think it is a reflection of what all of media is nowadays. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's political reporting or if it's sports reporting or if it's, you know, music critics or it's movie crit, you name it. Anybody that has a, everything is now driven by agenda and it's much less driven by information. And that's one of the things that I pride ourselves on at Raiders Fan Radio and all the Murph Fan Cave shows is that we we're not reporters, but we react to information. And if it's and and, and if we're going to speculate, we'll tell you that we're speculating, but we're not going to create the news. And that's what people like Stephen A. Smith uh, to, you know, Anderson Cooper to whoever, whoever you want, anybody that's in media, it doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what side liberal conservative what none of that matters to me what matters to me is that if they are a public figure like that they have an agenda and that agenda is making money and when you click on stuff in or if you respond to stuff even if you it's because you support it or you disagree with it either way if you're reacting to it you're making them money so just remember that when you consume your sports media you're just reacting to things and that's why so now your youtube stuff they have to react to. So you put Mikey Raider quits, people are reacting. Positively, negatively, doesn't matter. They're reacting to it. They're watching it. They're clicking on it. And it all generates income. And it's just, it's just the way the world is nowadays, man. So I would tell you this. Above all else, guard your heart. 
Know what you're consuming and 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 exercise critical thinking, Raider Nation. Let me spin this back to the Raiders before I shut up. Use critical thinking. Take in your information from multiple sources. Take it in from Vic Tafer and from Steve Corcoran and from Matt Schneidman and from all these different sources, and then you formulate your opinion. Don't just regurgitate what someone else's opinion is. Don't just say what we say. Don't just say what you know Mike Florio says. You come up with your own thing, but take in multiple sources before you do it. One hundred percent. And again, I am I deal with a lot of mental stuff. So I was honestly I was quitting not the show, not the channel. People love the titles. If they would listen to the video, I said I'm quitting trying to pretend it's a job because it freaking me out. But at least I know that my channel can get nine or ten thousand video views per video that at least nine or ten thousand people still possibly care what this channel has to say. So that's what made me proud about that video getting a bunch of views. And I proved the YouTube algorithm right. That video, and I'm not going to say this nowhere else, guys. You guys can take this and say, oh, Mikey Ray is all about money, this or that. That video, I didn't get no donations or anything like you guys have been supporting me. That video made me $140 from the YouTube algorithm without donations. Every other video that I do daily, like on a new show, it adds up to 5 to $15 without donations. So you guys figure that one out. That is crazy. The YouTube algorithm is made for that type of content, and it's just sad. We should have labeled this show Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Um, we got fired. Our show is ending. You know, Murph takes a poop or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Monday and Mikey with Mikey and Murph not canceled. Well, yeah, that wouldn't do it. It's like if I took a poop or something or, you know, I oh, had okay. sex. All right. Mikey Raider gets a date and, you know, loses his virginity. Well, maybe or maybe people do cancel us. Isn't that a thing that the kids say nowadays that we're canceled? The canceled culture. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's so probably why the video did good. They thought I was canceled. It was a canceled culture. There you go. There you go. All right. We've talked too much, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Whew, this is a marathon, man. This is fun, though. The first episode of season two, I honestly had a great time. I know it was two and a half hours, but I didn't feel like it, Murph. Like, we weren't no, like, really quick. ready yeah. to get out of here. We had a great time, dude. So Very I just much. want to say I love you, Murph. Thanks for being a part of the show. Quickly let everybody know about your website, Murph's Fan Cave. All the links below. Subscribe. If we get 2,000 views, he should have 2,000 subscribers. That so, being said, take it away, Murph, and say goodbye to the world. I think we have like 1,600 or close to it. So, yeah, if you guys could help us get to two grand, that would be amazing. That would be a blessing. Uh, you know, our show is audio-based, but we definitely have fallen in love with this uh, YouTube live stream uh, on the heels of Mikey's recommendation. And, and we have a lot of fun with it, man. So you get a live look in the fan cave here as we do uh, Raiders fan radio. So um, appreciate all the support there. Yeah, and just, you know, we, you know all about the T-shirts. You heard me talk a lot about that and about supporting the Blitnikoff Foundation. So last thing I would say, YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. Subscribe to us, man. Help us out that way. Keeps us uh, moving up the charts. And the more we move up the charts, the more shirts we can sell the more shirts we sell the more money we give to bulletnikov so that'd be an awesome thing and thank you to you mikey it was great to be back tonight man this was a lot of fun even though it was two and a half hours it really did fly by uh i can't believe i don't have to pee uh you know but i've been able to hang in there my 46 year old bladder is hung in there for the fight uh for for, for this show it, despite me even drinking coffee too so uh, anyways if we had an earthquake maybe i got a viral video maybe it literally maybe. was an earthquake there or you. it was my bow having a movement <laughs> 
But yeah, but thank you to all of you that, that have joined us tonight. I can't read the chat during the show. I can't see it, but I always go back and read it. And thank you to all of you and your support uh, of, of the Murph Fan Cave Network and, and, and us here uh, at On Air Nation. And the Mondays with Mike and Murph, man, this is one of uh, uh, this is one of my favorite parts of my week as we get up uh, and rolling this thing uh, soon. So a lot of fun Raider stuff to talk about. And uh, hopefully we'll keep bringing the funny and bringing the entertainment side of it as well, not just uh, like hardcore Raider talk because, you know, that's, you know we got to be a hardcore, man, because we're Raider fans. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. You can't have any emotions. You can't be crazy. Yeah, you got to be a tough guy all the time. Like, no, it's nice to celebrate the kind of the lighter side of fandom. You know what I mean? So that's what we're here for. 100%. And I will get 100% guaranteed to you, Raider Nation, if you don't like my clickbait titles in my vlogs or me going crazy, it's going to happen once a week moving forward. <laughs> I'm telling you that now. I'm going to make those type of videos just to try to make $100 if I can. So get over it, relax, and I love you. Make that money, but tune it. Say it again. Make that money, buddy. Make that money, money, money. I'm making money. That pyramid YouTube money. I'm making money. You ever watch Teen Titans? That's a great show, man. They, it's a great my show. My kids, my boys, uh, that is like they're one of their religions, man. They watch Teen Titans go nonstop. Yes. Yeah, that's a song from it. I'm making yeah. money. The pyramid scheme money. I'm making money. Oh, <laughs> the best, I love the it. best one, though, is Lazy Sunday. That's, uh, is it Lazy Sunday? No, that's, no. Um, oh, crap. Lazy Sunday was the one from Saturday Night Live. It's the one where they become one with the couch. Because it's lazy, it's no, it's lazy Sunday, bro. Yeah, that's what they said. It's an, it's an episode, right, where he just sits on the couch. Yeah, and he goes, "I become one with the couch, bro." Couch. And he, oh yeah, it wasn't a song, best. but yeah, it was the. No, episode. it wasn't a song. No, no, no. It was just yeah. No, that show's amazing. That's an amazingly well written show. The dialogue hey, is fantastic. Uh, hey. Oh my god, I love that show. I watch it when I go to bed. I love it. All right, we've talked too much, but starting August twelfth, every Monday, we will be live every week. For you guys to have fun this entire season. Now let's do the thumb dance as Murph does. Let's sing the little outro and let's get on out of here. I love you, Raider Nation, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in, honestly. Thank you so much. Because this is Monday with Mikey and Murph. Come on, everybody, let's dance. We're having good times talking football and Raiders dirt. Because we are in our second season of our talk show. It's Monday and Mikey's Murph. Let's go. We're having good times. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And we'll see you on August 12th. I feel like Captain EO, where they say goodbye at the end. And all the little creatures from the Michael Jackson thing. They just say goodbye. We'll see you soon. Hi, it's Jamie. Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. 
Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.